gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Critics Sunday afternoon, a little later than I want to be, but Candy, you up in here with me? Yes, sir, I'm here, I'm here. Mr. Rapper AM, you joining me from Baltimore? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Oh, you you both sound crispy and clear. How are y'all boys doing this Sunday afternoon? Phenomenal. Good candy, man. I, a candy man, here he goes. Alrighty, we went two seconds in the show. <laughs> Alright, so I'm a little tired and, and, and not hungover, but Definitely uh, sunburnt, not really, but some some tan, suntan from my vacation in Sarasota. So we we're gonna try to take it easy, but at the same time be as twisted as ever. So we gotcha. right into it. Candy, kick us off the right way. So as a Twisted Critics podcast, we're the biasly unbiased brothers stretching across the U.S. who dig music and music business. This is our much anticipated relaunch, as the Twisted Critics originally began with Doc J and his cousin Tony Ganja in 2018. Now with two new co-hosts, Rapper AM and Sweet Poppy, that'll be me. AM and Doc are active artists, respectfully, and the three of us are collaborators, radio reviewers, and current business execs for Hear My Voice Entertainment and Publishing. Not only that, but starting this year, the Twisted Critics Podcast is curating our very own Spotify VIP playlist to better help promote our special guests and other songs that we become fans of. Not just fans of, but we are the supporters, the drivers, the tastemakers, and the gatekeepers for all these people that we talk to. Amen. And you are right. We are active artists, AM and myself. And due to our good and bad experiences in the rap game, our college degrees, our jobs around the industry, and many questions and misinformations we've heard at music conferences and networking events, we remember what it's like starting out, making those same mistakes, Mm -hmm. being told all this false narrative and just wrong information everywhere you turn. So we try to provide that direct answer, the correct business practices, the legal steps, the helpful resources to help newcomers like you guys to advance farther in your career and bigger than we ever were. But it's our mutual love though, AM and mine especially, for our weekly local phone calls, our ear for urban music, our mathematical eyes for the urban charts, our review of music and singles for record labels, our heated song debates, because you know we will argue, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and us asking our guests both business and personal questions. And we got a really good guest this week, one of the OGs. But it's our solidarity also in sharing just a few drinks with each other for a therapeutic, productive, and often wild platform for us and y'all to listen to and be part of. If nothing else, 
Tune in with an open mind, a notepad, and y'all better have a full glass so you guys can enjoy an informative, opinionated, entertaining, twisted vibe. You might learn something. I know I do every single time I talk to these gentlemen. Please be interactive and send in questions via and send questions via our various social medias. We actually even texting. We've been texting people, right? We got text messages. Yep, that we we, we even handle it a couple of different ways. And we will give you a shout out on the air, and we will also give you direction and steps. Us three are believers in the motto a drunk man or woman tells no lies, and how we can equally be helpful and entertaining. Call it education through inebriation, if you will. Education through inebriation. I love that quote. Every time you said it every week. Part of our segment one is our salutations. Just a little elevator pitch to get you guys known who we are. If you listen to our pilot, you definitely learned about us. If you listen to the old Twisted Critics, you know who I am. But in case this is your first time listening, I am Doc J, the Mike Medic. I used to go by that in 2012 and beyond. We just bringing that back for this episode. (laughs) I'm 40-something-something. I'm part Puerto Rican, part Slovakian, and part Italian. I was born in Sleepy Hollow, New York, where our guest was born at, and now I'm living in sunny Central Florida. I went to college at FAU in Boca Raton, Florida Atlantic University. I have a degree in copyright trademark law and uh, civil engineering. I am a rapper, um, songwriter myself. I have copyrights. I have multiple years of just doing mixtapes. I produced kind of on and off. I produced a number 27 hit for Brian McKnight, Find Myself in You. Go check it out and stream it. I got my job at MediaBase in 2016. I have kind of slowly moved up to a senior radio spins analyst. I work out of the Kissimmee Courthouse in Kissimmee, Florida. I now run a multicultural collective of artists called Hear My Voice Entertainment. We try to stretch the whole U.S., trying to get some people outside of the U.S. We do education. We do artist development. We do distribution. And as of two years ago, we started doing artist publishing as well. And our idea, like I said before, is we want to help these younger guys get farther and quicker than we ever did. Rapper AM, Angry Man 410, fuck it is stupid, fuck it is dummy all of that lets you know that i am from baltimore maryland um i'm a rapper battle rapper photographer videographer i dance i sing i produce as well i have a degree it's a bachelor's degree in psychology i am a pa which is what i call an almost manager at amazon i think that is all outside of me being one of the most integral parts of hear my voice entertainment i have an active AR role um, and I want to do more there, helping with us getting some more publishing things done and more copyrights, because I think I only have three. And Candy, you, you, you're the last man on the totem pole. Let them know who you are. So my name is Candelario Yargel, a.k.a. Candy. Too sweet in the streets. You know, a little spicy in the sheet. <laughs> but uh, I, I got started with, uh, with marketing, physical marketing, and helping out with events at hotels. I've kind of transitioned over to media marketing and right now I'm with hear my voice entertainment and we're working on artist development not just developing them as you know music making but you know being better people and you know having a better presence online and being able to own their own stuff so that's what's got what i got going on right now for brownsville texas southernmost tip of texas uh shout out 956 and that, that's where i'm from baby all right, so if anyone was actually watching the last episode, the, the pilot episode, you guys know part of our salutation is one of my favorite quotes. And at Hear My Voice and Twisted Critics, we have a lot of quotes we can throw in a T-shirt. But the one I'm going to say right now is, what you drinking on? So, Candy, what you drinking on, my friend? 
So I got my favorite beer. Oh man, I don't know if you can see it right there, but it's Indio. It's a real hard beer to come by in America. I got we gotta get it over from Mexico. But uh it's my favorite beer and I'm going I'm gonna rep it until they you know they set some cases as a sponsorship. Hell yeah. Hey and what you drinking on my friend? I'm drinking on some silver rum. It's called Castillo. I like rum, period. It's from Puerto Rico. Um, big on Jamaican rum. But this rum is very cheap, and it is very smooth. So it is very me. <laughs> cheap and smooth. <laughs> I love, what about I love you? that. <laughs> Put that on the shirt. What about you, Doc? What, you, what, what, you what I'm drinking on all the way down in Florida, I am joining AM on the, 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 the Puerto Rican rum case. I am on Ron Rico, another cheap and smooth rum, just like you, Silver. <laughs> uh, I got some cans of Coke, just in case I have to be drinking this whole show with you guys. And in yes. the case we do slip up on a banana peel... For our little shots game, I will be drinking some Old Smoky, some Smoky Mountain, salted caramel whiskey. So, there you go. I'll put you on that whiskey. I got me some Bucanas for the shots. Hey. Gotcha. So I, I need both of you, my brothers, right now to pour a shot. That we are family. So, and you guys can see, since I'm drinking Puerto Rican, I have the Puerto Rican shot glass. Y'all fans, co-host, and especially our special guest, Tony. Salud. This is going to be a very fun episode. Dude. We are moving on to segment two, our WFW. What is that? As always, we as the Twisted Critics want to do our best to make sure we, us three, the guests that we're interviewing and you listeners that are tuning in, mutually get the opportunity to break the ice, let loose, and join in the fun that we have by using our little torturous buzzword as our banana peel for each episode to slip on that we call the WFW or the wrong fucking word of the week. Cabby that doc. Every time someone slips up and says it on air, everyone must take a shot. No questions asked. We are already too in, and I'm already feeling mine. With that said, I think it's your turn, Candyman, Mr. Sweet in the Sheets, to pick the poison. I know you read Tony's biography just like I did, so what kind of trouble are you going to be getting us the fuck into this afternoon? So, I'm ready, I'm good to go, and I, I look into this man's past, I read his bio, I, I spoke to someone very close to him, and I feel like I got I got a little tricky word for for um, the WFW would be the drum roll please career career yeah I chose career I feel like he's gonna slip up a bit we might even slip slip up a bit I don't even know six times yeah <laughs> you, you know I'm mad I'm mad at you Candy because you know when I start talking about artists I talk about the best song in their uh, catalog and there <laughs> So you, you you threw that but you threw that uh that banana peel out there for me too. So I feel like both y'all are gonna slip up. We'll, well, we'll I, see. I, I hope you slip up too. <laughs> <laughs> now before we slip up though, we need to take a look back in time, go through that crystal ball, that time machine, and AM lead us into time capsule. All right, who we got? Sliding into segment number three. Let's turn back the clock a little bit. Right now we're gonna go back. For episode number one this week, we uh it's, it consists of the dates seven nine through seven sixteen. I don't know what month it is. You guys have to tell me. This it's July, my son's birthday. So, so we're now gonna take a quick look into those days throughout urban music history. All right, man. First and foremost, we gotta give props and pay some respects to those not here anymore to receive it. So July 9th, it's gonna be Little Neff 2021, July 10th. It's going to be Hassan Fatal, 2015, and KTS Ray, 2021. 
I'll pick up from where Candy left off. June 12th, we got Marlo from ATL 2020 passed away. And a legend for R&B also July 12th is Minnie Ripperton. She passed away in 1979. And then I'm going to pull it up the rear with Sporty T, 2009, and make that music with your mouth, biz, June 16th. Rest in peace, Biz Marquis. Uh, see, that's that probably Minnie Ripperton and, and Biz Marquis are my two go-tos there. I mean, Minnie Ripperton's got so many classic R&B, like old school joints, 60s and 70s. And just Bismarck Key was one of the first funny mans in hip hop. Shout out to Hassan, Hassan Fatal too, like down with the outlaws. Yes. Like Tupac's crew on a lot of those diss tracks, the hit em ups, the, you know, all those records like that. RIP to everyone we named there. And, you know, we definitely miss them. Rest in peace. On a happier note, let's go ahead and move on to the birthday celebrations for all the cancer crew. Uh, Doc, why don't you kick us off first? Sure, I will. For this week, we have the following birthday shout outs going directly to. Don McClenum from Brockhampton, July 10th, who turned 31 years old. Little Kim, July 11th, who just turned 49. I was a huge Foxy Brown fan, so I kind of teetered back and forth with the whole Biggie War and Jay-Z. And I'm like, Foxy, Little Kim, Foxy, Kim, Foxy, Kim. I just think Foxy's cuter. But Kim can rap her ass off, too. So happy birthday to Little Kim. And Little Zane, July 11th, who just turned 41, my same age. Hey, Magoo. Hey y'all! I used to play. I used to play uh, a game on Xbox. First, first time I turned it on, it's the first track. Every single time I started the first race, it was uh, Magoo and Timberland. July the twelfth, he's turning fifty years love, old. Love to love to love ya, love ya, love ya. <laughs> <laughs> we have Gerald Levert, July the thirteenth. R.I.P. See, and I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that he was gone. He would have been fifty-seven years old. Tiny Harris, July the 14th. I know she's alive. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's from the group. She's from the group Escape, and she's also married to uh, T.I. Harris. T.I. Was her name always Tiny? It was just Tiny. I don't know her last name, but it was Tiny. That was the name she went by. Oh, well, she's going to be 48. Yeah. Then we got my boy Jim Jones, who's, who said, <laughs> "Man, it's got to be a crackhead." <laughs> Did you guys listen to the disses? I did. I, I see. I liked. I grew up on the Dipset whole movement. I like Cam. I like Jewels. Jim Jones was probably the like the weaker link for me, and the fact that he's the one with the larger hits made no sense. But um, he's barking up the wrong tree with Pusha. I think Pusha kind of baited him into this this whole diss. So I'm gonna stay out of it until I hear a knockout punch. Same, same. <laughs> All right. He, also on July 15th, we celebrate Stokely of Mint Condition. He yes. is turning 56. Oof. Then we got Kevin Abstract of he is what is it half right half of Brockhampton. Uh, it's like I think there's like six or seven people in there. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of people in the group. So he's uh, July 16th. He's turning 27. He's a young buck. Yes, yeah. he is. Then we got Whiskey, July 16th, turning 33. I thought he was a little older than that, but yeah, AM and I have. Definitely been kind of vibing out to WizKid Records when we've been reviewing them in the last two years. So, no, definitely, definitely digging that. We are now on segment number four. It's called the Hot Seat. It's about that time for this week's Hot Seat. And I know, Doc, we've been waiting for this guest. He's one of the OGs. Why don't you pick up the line and get your cousin in here? He's already here, but we're doing that anyway. He's in here. We definitely got him unmuted now. And we are saying what's up to my cousin right now. 
my family, one of the OG Twisted Critics. This man is someone I look up to. He's from the same place I was born at and my mother was born at. I think you're even born from the same hospital, Phelps Memorial or no? Yes. Yes. Um, we had a very weird interaction when we first met because the other cousins are crazy, but, uh, <laughs> he's one of my favorite people, one of my favorite people, is definitely, uh, he's a prior rapper, prior actor, prior model. He wanted to show off his, his underwear and everything. <laughs> got into combat sports, definitely got ripped up in the gym and he's still doing the gym thing. He's expanded his mind to a lot of other things, spiritual, professional, religious, self-help, all that stuff. He's gotten into professional writing, copyright promotion, and I got to give him a lot of props for this because I haven't really done this professionally and vocally. As of this year, he is a published author for the first time. Please welcome with a round of applause, my cousin, my family, Antonio Gonzalez, who I will always refer to as Tony Ganja. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, man? Thank you. I'll try my best to like to, to show you off and look you make you look the billion dollar part that you are, but let the people know, do a little elevator pitch of yourself too that I didn't get to do. And uh, I hope I did you justice. Yeah, yeah, you, you you pretty much covered everything. First of all, thank you for putting me over so well. I mean, um, I don't know what else left to say. Twisted critics, you know, it was a brainchild of mine and I shared it with you and I'm glad that it's now rebooted and off to the races with you guys. I don't think it could be in better hands than you guys, so I am honored to be on here on your show. Yes, sir. But, um, yes, I am from Westchester County, Sleepy Hollow, and I'm a very creative mind. I like to write various forms of writing, and yes, I am very proud to say I am a self-published author. And along with the other things that Doc J has uh, gracefully said, and I'm just an overall cool guy that likes to ship on his champagne. I'm about halfway through the bottle right now, so let's go. Give me a start slurring. So, 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 so okay. the, the listeners out there, this is how you could tell he's an OG twisted critic. I didn't even have to say our catchphrase. What you drinking, on, Tony? He already led right into that. <laughs> yes, right, yes. So bring, you're bringing back memories. That's right. So, so Candy, lead us into this this barbed wire are you about to get into. There you go. Let's get the drinks ready and let's kick off these 21 questions. <laughs> Question one, man, I have the honor. So uh, regardless of what profession you're doing, what do you think your purpose in life is? You know, that's a very, very good question. Finding your purpose in life is an adventure in itself. It is a journey in itself. Some people find it quickly. Other people, it takes more time to figure it out. I think my purpose is, besides helping myself, is to be of service to others, mm-hmm. you know? But to, before I can be of service to others, I gotta, I can't help you unless I help myself, right? I gotta be the best version of myself so I can then provide whatever it is that I want to give to other people. So I just think um, through my writing and through everything that I'm doing, not only am I discovering myself, but I'm discovering how I can be of service to others. So I think, mm-hmm. That's what it is. I think that's why anything that has to deal with popularity, like the rapping or whatever, celebrity status, didn't work out for me. It's probably because I'm not meant to be propped up there as someone to, you know how these celebrities, they have so many people looking up to them and putting them on a pedestal. Maybe I'm meant for something more, more substance, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's my purpose is to be of service to people. But I will have to admit, I don't fully know what that is just yet. I'm literally 
figuring it out right now, at least like the last two years. You're literally seeing mm-hmm. a new me, literally, right before your eyes. That was a really good answer. I was you're going to come a lot of those really good questions on this. Cause I think we kind of racked our brain, you being the OG and this is kind of like your moment to pass the baton. And if anything, you, you get to hand choose and make sure I did a good job picking people that can maybe fill your shoes. You know what I'm saying? So definitely I wanted them to get to know you inside and out and all that good stuff. So I guess I'm going second and you know, me AM are going to try to bring a touch and taste of tug and pull and tug of war of like professional and personal questions. So, and, and some fun things too, since you are an OG twisted critic, if us four were at a club or bar, what are your two or three go-to bar cocktails or drinks that you would order? That is a really good question too. Um, It's crazy how I already know what I'm going to say. It's pretty cliche generic, but I like my Hennessy and Coke. Cola, by the way, you know, want to get clear on that. Can you get a line? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that diet coke right there. It's a diet. <laughs> I would say um, vodka and OJ, you know, again, that's pretty generic. But recently I have discovered some Casamigos. So I, I kind of like that, you know, the last few bars I've been hanging out with, I've been offer some Casamigos. I'm like, yeah, sure, drink up. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. I like this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's three right there. That's good. Oh, 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 four, four. Yeah. <laughs> I hope y'all gonna pay me, man. I plug y'all in so much. That's the whole Look, idea. Plug. I mean, we, we definitely want multiple, multiple hey, us. liquor partnerships. We all of us do. <laughs> Actually, to- Tony, what's funny is uh, I texted these two fools. Um, the the hotel we were staying at actually had a bar service of little Hennessy bottles. So of course, when I'm pouring my two drinks, I had to s- send a picture to these two. So I was like, Damn right, Hennessy yeah, Coke. Stuff, man. Yeah. So I myself have been a guest on the show. I was a guest in the original show. I forgot what episode that I was on. Uh, and now you're a guest on ours. I'm gonna say ours. I know that you like to cut up and have a good time, but let me ask you, what is some things that make you laugh? the most hmm. show you laugh the most hmm. yes I've, I've been laughing a lot lately especially last few weeks just trying to be more not so taking things personal and serious you know which yes. is part of my mental emotional growth right right now i just almost anything i mean i'm a huge fan of family guy if you guys watch that show i like i like that type of comedy you know okay. it could be silly you know but i don't know that, that, that I, I get a kick out of that um, I love me some Dave Chappelle. I think he's uh, hilarious and he just makes me laugh. But you know what, too? I'm also a fan of bad jokes. You tell me a bad joke, I probably laugh because I know it's bad, but I laugh at it anyway. <laughs> are you are you a fan of like all the like the the stills and the, the loops of like dad jokes too? Like bad dad joke? I mean, you know, also depends too uh, about about the moment too. So um, sometimes that joke could hit, and I'm like, oh, that was funny. It was stupid, but it was funny. <laughs> This was a yeah. There you go. So uh, I got the next one. Doc puts you on his analyze this mixtape. So give us some of your personal memories from the writing, recording, just the sessions of that. Oh man, that brings back memories. How how that came about was um, through a mutual friend. I had met a DJ called DJ Sus One. He's currently a DJ for Mariah Carey. He was the DJ for Wendy Williams when she had her show on on network TV. When I met him, he was already doing world tours already. So he was a 
very busy guy in the MySpace days where you can post his schedule up and he had, his schedule was pages long. So this guy was in high demand. So we met through a mutual friend and then it's one of those things where now we became cool that we don't hang out anymore without the mutual friend because now we've actual friends. Before we would hang out because this person was here. Now it's like we exchange numbers, we're cool, we have a lot of things in common. So if this guy can't make it, I get invited anyway. Now we're hanging out, I'm hanging around his crew. I'm helping bring in crates to his shows, to the clubs. And then I told him, you know, I like to, I like to pursue this rap thing and I want to see if you can help me out. And I was very surprised because when I did ask him, I thought I was going to get a lot of pushback. Oh, I'm too busy. I thought he was going to give me the busy line. He was like, no, whenever you want to start, we can start. You can record it at my house. I was like, whoa, really? So I got, you know, at that time I was still trying to discover who I was, trying to figure out my writing style. And honestly, I wasn't too confident in myself too, looking back. Because I still haven't found my voice. I just knew I like to make words rhyme together. I just mm-hmm. knew that the P rappers I look up to, I want to be like them. But I have to figure out my own style. Because, you know, especially back in the 90s, the number one sin is taking someone's style. You never, ever bite a person's style. So I had to figure out my style. But in the same time, I was trying to put effort into creating something. So I went to his house a couple of times, did a couple of recording sessions. Of course, I offered him to pay him because I'm on his time. I'm using his equipment. I'm at his home. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, he's constantly on tour and all that stuff. So I figured I can't just be about me. So I offered to pay him. And he was like, I appreciate that, Tony Ganja. I really, really do. Thank you. More people should be like you. Because a lot of people try to ask for favors for free. We went through that. And um, I remember when I had the, the final masters, per se, because it's a mixtape. I gave a copy to Doc to get his opinion on it. He also helped me out with the pressing, the artwork with it, sent him a couple of copies. And then I was just, you know, on my grind trying to give it out to people. It was like a mixtape slash demo. It's for people around around my way who like to support me, but it's also a tool to hopefully get in the right person's hands to probably give me an opportunity to probably take something further. That was that was a great time because I was it also it was a reminding me how much I have come along the way because doing that mixtape, um, I also people could be very honest. Mm-hmm. And I say honest meaning sometimes not nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, I got both sides of the spectrum of it, but I enjoyed the overall experience. And I thought uh, having my first official project being co-hosted from a pretty well-known name to me was an accomplishment in itself. Hell yeah. It is. It is. I'd say to this day. long of an answer. No, that was just, no, no, no. That, that, we, we definitely encourage stories as long as they don't run on. So definitely, I what I liked about that, that was back in my, my FAU days and... To me, in your longevity, your rap longevity, I, I, I do think that was one of your highlights there. And what I liked about it is that was where I got kind of like honed my my promotional method where I would walk up to like people on the breezeway. So the, my college had a giant breezeway that ran the entire school. I'd rock up to girls, guys, friends, especially girls, and throw headphones on them. And I didn't want to be a creeper, but at the same time, I was a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd be like, yo, of course, of course, of course. But again, they knew me as that. They knew me as that. So, um, you know, yeah. And they knew, no, (laughs) as a friendly person that would walk up to anybody. So, and you've been to my college before too. And you're also, you know, your cousins and my cousin, Laura as well. So 
I would pick mutual friends that we all had and I'd walk up, throw the headphones on and I'd make sure it was like the, uh, the two, the two words demo record on that with you and I on it. And I'd be like, yo, what do you think about that? That's my cousin, Tony. What do you think about that verse? That's me. <laughs> I so, remember one time I went to Florida, sorry to cut you off, yeah. but for some, for some, uh, performance or something. And we was on the campus walking and some guy just recently just out of nowhere and said, Hey, are you so-and-so? I was like, in my mind, I was like, yo, you put him up to this. You know this guy? I was like, there's possibly no way that you know who I am. I am a I am a loud I, like copies out in the world. I am a loud megaphone. You I know you got we pressed up 300 copies for you. You sent me a hundred, and I think within three weeks I was like, Tony, you got more? <laughs> so I, I was more. definitely selling those. That was a good project, and I, I was just happy. I think that was a highlight of his uh, longevity. So it's it's I liked. That was the Tony Ganja I I, I aspired to rap with on records, you know. So. And All right. So, oh man, definitely, man. I, I I want Tony. I want Tony Ganja to make a reappearance someday. But uh, that's neither here nor there. But uh, my question's next. Number five to you, because I know you're a hip hop fan, like AM and I are hardcore, actually. To you, yeah. what is the best dec- decade of music? And who exactly are your personal top five MCs on your Mount Rushmore? Man, decade of music, man, that's hard. I'll start with the, the, the top five MCs first. So this isn't in no specific order. No, really. mm-hmm. can, can I Can I throw a curveball to my question then? Yeah, sure. I want a damn order to this. Like, I want to hear your ranking. <laughs> I can't give it to you in ranking because... It, 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 it adjusts according to my move. I listen, I listen to these people for different reasons. Gotcha. I like that answer. I like that answer. <laughs> By the way, so AM, just, AM, you I can't, can't use that. One person at number one and stay there, but I love you, but I'm not in the mood to listen to you right now. I want to listen to number five. So number five is number one right now. Gotcha. Yep. I understand that. Yeah. So first one, and I know some of these are going to be, uh, I heard these names before, but like I said, I got reasons for it. So one would be Tupac. Mm-hmm. So for me, the reason why I connected to him would be is, is the passion behind what he does, right? 100%. Where he comes from, he felt like he had a reason to be the way he was. You know, his mother, Black Panther, his parents. He had, he had a reason to being so angry and so passionate about everything that he does. And to me, that mm-hmm. really struck with me because some of the things that he spoke about, I can relate to both good and bad. So I'm like, I like this guy, you know, everything else, all the thug shit, all the gun shit, all the drug shit. I could, I can't really relate to that part as much. The more of being a writer and we're in 2023 and there's still music coming out that I haven't heard from this guy. So where, how did he get the time to record all this music as, in such a short amount of time? So that discipline, that hard work, is what really connected me to to him. Number two would be uh, Method Man from the Wu-Tang Clan. Funny, for him, he got better as time went on. But the reason why I connected to him was more, he had that kind of mainstream appeal, like that rugged mainstream appeal. That's probably why he was the first release out, because he probably got a lot of praise from the women. And he had you know the crazy hairstyle going on and all that stuff. Uh, he was working with Bad Boy Records, so to me, that's what appealed to me more, you know. And he, he had the ruggedness too, you know. Um, I could kind of connect with him with the lyrics, but to me, it was more the aesthetic value for me. That makes sense. Number three would be Raekwon the Chef from the Wu Tang Clan. 
Now, there's two members from the Wu-Tang Clan. Before I even knew they were in the group, I liked them individually already. I didn't even know they was in the group. When I first heard them both, I didn't know they were in the group. So I already had a good first impression. And then once I realized they were in the group together, that just made it even, like, better. <laughs> so for, for me, Raekwon would be his fashion sense. You know, he was always into that fly shit, you know, the Land Rovers, the polo jackets. And of course, the music was fucking amazing. Only built for Cuban links. When I first heard that for the first time, I thought I was listening to a movie. So that's what I would say with him. Another one, the next one, number four, would be Ludacris. Ooh. Ludacris, I like him because, you know, funny thing, thing with him is he is so animated. And that's what I like from him because that inspires me to be like that, to be more animated. Because sometimes I can be a little too reserved a little bit. So that kind of makes me want to get out of my shell because I see him do it, right? But I think he is a, he's a wordsmith. He, he's a lyricist as well. But I think he gets overshadowed by his, his, his tactics. He's his kind of like with the big finger, big hands, and he's so like a cartoon and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So, but I think he, he got lyrics for days and I, I still listen to Ludacris to this day. Number five would be motherfucking Big Punisher. Big Punisher, Puerto Rican, you know, um, I think that's great. You know, they call him the Puerto Rican Biggie. Uh, his lyrics was amazing. The first time I ever heard him was on a single from Fat Joe called Envy, and the B-side was called Firewater with Raekwon the Chef. I was already a, a fan of Raekwon the Chef, so I'm like, who's this big Punisher guy? When I listened to that, I was like, wow. And then the rest is history, capital punishment and everything else. It made me proud because, you know, Puerto Rican, and I never heard a whack ver verse from him at all, ever. He's the only guy that I know that made Nas rewrite his verses. Who has ever made Nas rewrite his verses? In his, in his, in his being and his existence of his entire, you know, who else has done that? Yeah. So um, those are my top five. And um, depending on my mood, see, right now, Ludacris is number one for me. I've been listening to a lot of Ludacris the last two days. But give it, give it a few more days, and I might be on some Met the Man. Then I switch over to Big Punisher, and I switch over to whatever I'm feeling, you know? But those would be my five right there. Five legends. <laughs> now, what about your favorite era? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's right, that's um, right. So when I discovered hip-hop, it was back in 93. Sadat X was on fire because he had so many features, kind of like how Lil Wayne was in back in, like, 07, 08. Mm -hmm. he, was, he was that then. So I would say from like 93 till 2002, 2003. You always say that. Like he's, a, he's, a, he's a 90s cat like I, he's a 90s head for sure. Yeah, because you got reasonable doubt. You got, you know, ready to die. You got Illmatic, 36 Chambers. You have uh, Only Built for Cuban Links. You got Iron Man. You got, um, oh man, so much. DMX, Dark as Hell is Hot. Flesh in my <laughs> flesh, blood in my blood. Um, <laughs> Uh, you had the roots, you had outcasts, um, all that's crunched up into like such a short amount of period of time. And this is all new to me. So back to back to back to back, great, fantastic music. I was like, oh mm -hmm. man, it was, and everyone was original. Yes, no one were. ever sounded the same. AM, you see why I love my cousin so much? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, so to me, I thought I caught it, I caught it just in time because after a certain amount of time, I started losing interest in it. It wasn't the same for me anymore. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what I would say, 93 to 2003. 
Okay. That sounds sounds perfect to me. So I have a question on number six. Do you have any fears or phobias that no one knows of? If you do, could you tell us what they are? Fears or phobias, yeah. Um, Yes, I have two, actually. One, don't laugh at me, but I have fear heights. It's not funny. I did, too. A lot of people do. Yeah, I I do. I think that's more of a mental thing, you know? It is. Um, Unless I'm actually like on the top of a building, that's not a mental thing, motherfucker. You're gonna die. If you, scared. <laughs> you know, when I, I used to, when I used to live in Florida, I was in this. I was. I used to work at a store called Office Depot. Mm-hmm. They would have these ladders, and I would sometimes have to go up these ladders and pick up these heavy items, like a assembly required chair, or like mm-hmm. these desks. So they would be very heavy, right? So I'm using this ladder, but the ladder is wobbly. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I got so many people looking at me to see me bring that thing down. So not only do I got to go up this wobbly ladder, and then not only do I got to take this heavy item, put it on my shoulder, and go down hoping I don't bust my ass, but I got all these people looking at me. Man, talk about pressure. <laughs> so, I, and I had I have a fear of heights, but I had to, I had to face it head on. And um, for some reason, still to this day, it's still kind of... I'm not fully over it. So yeah, fear heights. Another thing, my other fear also would be to to remain stagnant, not to never see my full potential in myself. I don't want to be a person that never at least tried to better myself, you know? Do you mean this like in your personal life or your like your business longevity, your business life, all the different jobs? uh, All together. If as long as I'm getting 1% better in any area of my life every day, because I don't want to be the same exact person now that I was a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Gotcha. You know, we're supposed to evolve as humans. And I know a lot of people who are the same exact person today than they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And sometimes it's not a good thing. They could mm-hmm. be a miserable bully. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that was you 20 years ago, and you're still the same today. You mean to tell me you don't got nothing to be happy for? You got... You're not working to better yourself. That's what scares me. I don't want to be like that. Yeah, I agree. That's real. I feel that. I, I'm never, but I'm told you're a fashion guy. So what are two and three items of clothing or accessory you can't live without? That's another good question. I like that. Well, one, I got to say my Versace glasses. Mm-hmm. I'm always with those. Changed my life. You know how many girls' attention and numbers I got off of these glasses, my man? <laughs> and I didn't want them at first. I thought these shits was ugly. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I gotta say these glasses. I love me some Wallaby Clark shoes. Wallaby, you know what those are? Absolutely. I got a few pair myself. Again, depending on my mood, it depends on what I wear. So sometimes I may I may want to wear a nice solid color like a black or like mm-hmm. a beige. I could mm-hmm. wear that. Then I got others where it's two toned or it got a crazy design on them. I could wear that. So, and they're very versatile. I could wear wallabies to a function. I could mm-hmm. wear wallabies to a date. But I could wear wallabies to a job interview. Mm-hmm. Same shoe, different different situations, but I always get compliments on it. And they're comfortable. And not a lot of people that I know wear wallies. So, it automatically separates me from most people. All right, all right. Um, and the other thing I would say, it's... Um, there's a cologne from Hermes called T-E-R-R-E. I don't know how to pronounce it. 
But it's a, it's a cologne from Hermes. I like putting that on when I go out and around, out and about, and I always get always get good compliments, good feedback from it. So that's definitely an accessory I will always uh, keep in my rotation. That's what's up. That's what's up. So he's like, he smells good, he sees good, and he definitely his feet comfy. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, so I, all the basics. Yeah, you got your basics covered. So all right, so I got. I guess I got next. Uh, are there skills from your retail, from your rap, from the film and movie stuff, from your being a wrestling fan to even our podcast days, that have helped transfer you over to your writing business and and, and work with that? It definitely played a part in me helping me discover myself and my strengths and weaknesses to do all of that because that is all based in the same foundation but in you know different variations you know so um all those different things i tried to do made me better and sometimes i had to pivot and change things around in order for me to finally offer that real service that I want to offer to the world. So yeah, I would have to say that music taught me a lot about myself, about having confidence, about having, about knowing what you're talking about and how to say it, what to say, how to say it. Um, and um, working on my charisma because everything, you're selling something to somebody. So you got to convince them why you are the best choice out of everyone else out there. So it's whether it's music, whether it's writing for hire, whether it's anything, um, you got to put your best foot forward. So I think all those different elements kind of fuse together and is this is what I'm doing now. So I have small elements in everything I do okay. from all of that. And so, yeah. I think that's a good answer. I'm on number nine. So I always wondered, give us your side of the story of how you and Doc got to know each other was the first meeting interesting. I was like, who is this nerd? Who's this nerd? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Look how his chair leans back. Who sits like that? (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. A little bit. A little bit, just not a lot of it, a little bit. Um, honestly, um, I remember uh, it was Laura that introduced us. The first thing she tried to do was like, hey, you guys should battle rap. <laughs> I was like, I looked at her like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and um, I, I do like Doc J's answer, though. He was like, oh, I don't know this guy. I haven't done his research. What am I, so what am I going to say? Mm-hmm. In my mind, I was like, yo, that was a real smart answer. But at the outside, I was like, hey, so? <laughs> you know, like I, I come from battling people. I've known you for two minutes, and you and you were thirty motherfuckers that I don't know, and we already battling. And I hold it down, mm-hmm. and you hold it down, and mm-hmm. it could turn into a fight, but it didn't. And we just dap each other up, and I said, "That's how I gained my respect from." That's how I came up when I started rapping. I had to defend myself so much, and it was against so many people. So I, I, I had to become a battle rapper, even though I didn't want to be. That wasn't my lane, but I had mm-hmm. to be because everyone around me were sharks. And if I wanted my my respect to make a song or to collaborate, because anything you do, you need a network, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna work with someone if I don't respect your work. So I want to I want to see what you got. So if it comes to rap, oh, your name is Tony Ganja. Let me hear something. And when they say <laughs> let me hear something, I don't want one rap. We gonna be there for two three hours. 
and we're going to see what you got. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I learned the hard way, man. I, I've been embarrassed. I've been eaten up, but I, I've lost, but I've won as well. Mm -hmm. And I gained, I gained my respect. So then since that point forward, when, when, when Laura was like, yeah, you guys should rap, my first instinct was like, oh, I'm going to chew this motherfucker up. <laughs> but at the same time, I didn't want to do it because it was like, I want to chill, relax. I just met homie. I don't know nothing about him. Mm -hmm. What am I going to say? The color of his shirt? You know, you got an ugly screensaver? Like, what am I going to say? <laughs> so, AM, AM, I know you know this vibe, too. So, like, Lauren David. So, Laura's got a younger brother, David. It was more David's on my side yeah. of the story than Tony's. Yeah. Um, David was really, David and my little brother, Chris, were really pushing, like, I was introduced to the idea of you, Tony. I was DJing and I was just winning all the battle scenes in like in West Palm, Fort Lauderdale and creeping down to Boca Raton. So like not only was I was doing the club scene, like rapping, but I was doing their battle scene. They did like a lot of hurricane battles where you like you win a watch for being the best of 64 rappers. So they're like, damn, you're pretty good. You're not as good as our cousin because he signed the bad boy records, but you're pretty good. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm a DJ, and there is no Tony Ganja, Tony Gonzalez, Antonio. I don't give a fuck what his name is. He's not signed the bad boy. Wow, bad boy, man. Yeah. So when I met you, they were really pressing us. Both David and Laura were pressuring us to battle. And I was like, no, nah, let me learn a little bit more about him. I want to talk to him. You know, one, like the way I win a lot of those battles in those three scenes, AM, was like, I was the dude that would throw personals at you. Like, I would find your most darkest secrets and that's the shit i would expose in a battle and mm -hmm. it, it worked very well for me i won lots of stuff with that mm -hmm. so Smart. as i started talking to tony like i started learning and he's like he even told me i'm not signed a bad boy i'm on their street team like i get like free cds and flyers and i'm like see these motherfuckers don't even know what they're talking about <laughs> and um that's when uh, you were getting out of Mar Maito's house and getting your own like studio apartment. And I had like college uh, fraternity meetings and my drive to college was like a 55 minute drive, almost an hour. And I'm like, well, if I just bring a bag of clothes, I can go to Tony's apartment or Laura's house. Laura's house, I have to sleep in a room and Tony, I can sit there and bring food. We could drink and we can rap all night. So I'm like, Tony, don't, don't forget, don't forget. I was on that. I was on that, you know? Yeah. We, we, we would tear up, but at the same time, it's like, that was like one of my first, like, comrades. I would actually lay down, throw beats on, and we would go through like a whole beat disc, like a whole J-Arms beat disc. Yo, I remember those um, days, man. That, those, we would, those days was great. We would rap on like 24, 25, 26 beats before we went to sleep. So it's like, mm -hmm. that's some of my best memories of someone I kind of got to gel with. And then anytime I had a show, my big thing was what, you're giving me 15, 20 minutes? Tony gets five minutes. That was part of my requirement. And uh -huh. Doc, hey Doc, you remember when I showed up to that show with the bulletproof vest? Yes, yes. So <laughs> the FAU show he was talking about, the the first hip hop annual there, we had a sound effect of a, a plane landing that I gave to the DJ, DJ Abyss, and in the middle of my set, a plane landed, and he walks through the curtain with a fucking bulletproof vest on, and I swear every girl in there got wet. I'm like, yeah. like, like well, there, there was a reason. This was, there was a reason why I was wearing that. That, that wasn't a fashion statement, all right. That's right. <laughs> but Tony. that that he definitely knew, and maybe that's something that it, Tony and I pulled from wrestling, like how to sell, maybe not a gimmick, but sell an image, and maybe us going back to Paul Barra and Paul Heyman, where you always have to have, you have to live your image, and then have to, you always have to tell the who, where, why, and who you run with. 
Absolutely. And that was my thing. I ran with him and, you know, it's like anywhere, if I got invited to a conference, cool, I'll speak there, but he gets a free ticket or he gets half off a ticket or blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, it's. And I appreciate that, man. That that was a lot of love you showed me, man. From that was because it could it could have went the other way. You and me could have ended up hating each other because of Laura and David. Yeah, you fucking. And bad. I was just moved due to the area. Literally, when I when I met you, I was that was my second day in Florida. Yeah, you and your bad boy crew. I don't like your crew. I, I only like locks. <laughs> <laughs> if it ain't Jada Sheik. <laughs> so Tony, in your bio, I read that you're trying to break personal and family cycles. Can you name a few that's affecting you and your business right now? You talk about like negative cycles and all that, right? Yes, sir. If it's affecting me right now, negative cycles? Um, yes, I think so, but I'm much more aware of them now. I'm much, at, at first, it's, you know, generational curses is really real. And most of the time, you don't know that you're living through a generational curse because you were probably raised by people who believed a certain way, so you're going to believe how they believe, and then you're going to grow up and pass that down, not knowing any better. Mm-hmm. I think I, I kind of almost like snapped out of it because you know if you if you do something one way, the same way, and you get the same results, and it's results that you do not like, you figured, okay, mm-hmm. I must be doing something wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. So I really had to step back and be like, what is it that I'm not where I want to be? And um, that's part of the spiritual journey, Doc, that I was telling you about maybe like a year, year and a half ago that, oh, OK, maybe it is me. OK, what is it about me that I can't get ahead the way I want to? OK, it's I'm, uh, you know, it's the way I think I need to think more positively, maybe. There's more, like they say, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So if it's, so, if I want to make more money, this way isn't working. But there's 50 other ways I can still make more money. Maybe uh, even more than how what I'm thinking. You know, growing up, you're thinking rich people were bad, rich people were evil, which is not true. I mean, it can be, but overall, the the illusion about money being evil, I think, is a trick that's been played on the a majority of the world. But yet, we still need money to live. So how, how do you figure that out? Um, so I believe anybody who tells you something negative about anything, you got to think about how are they thinking, right? So I realized how what I was taught is not working. It's outdated. So if I want to be my own boss, as they say, run my own business, part of the, and the business is a reflection of me, right? So I got to be at my most optimal level for me to run my business. So if I'm starting something new, it has to start with me, right? So I have mm-hmm. to change the way I think. I have to change the way I hustle. I need a whole new me in order for me to grow this business. And I realized the way I was thinking, the way I was working, the way I was living was not working. I'm like, yes, everything is wrong. It's not working. It's because of me. It's because of what I was taught. And sometimes it's not really their fault, whoever it is that's teaching you, because they don't know better either. Exactly. You know, so that's why I think the internet is a blessing in terms of information. Um, you can learn great things, and then also it teaches you about yourself because it's one thing about knowing something, but it's another thing about implementing what you're knowing. Putting it into practice, exactly. Yeah, so getting out of my comfort zone because I don't want to have any regrets. 
and thinking, man, I should have done this, or at least should have tried. Mm-hmm. That's gonna hurt. I'd rather, I'd rather try and fail than not try at all, because if I at least fail, at least I knew I tried and I know the outcome of it. Candy, you're gonna hate me for this, right? You're gonna hate me for this, but you could break up all the different cycles, the job histories in Tony's life into eras and career hurdles. Uh-oh. <laughs> I felt like Tony's mouth was getting a little dry. I felt so. By the way, the WFW was career. We were waiting for you to say this shit, and you still. I'm trying to feed you words, job longevity. <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. <laughs> no, so on that we all need a shot. My lips were getting dry. You're gonna say the word. I haven't said this word in a long time. Yep. So actually, Tony, you lead us into this word right here with this. WFW word of the day. Career. 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 And I baby. hope all of you motherfuckers have a great, great career and everything that you aspire to be, including me. Salud. 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 Mm-hmm. Salud. There you go. See, yes, now sir. we might we might say it a little bit more, but I was waiting so hard for you to say that shit. So I thought he was. Gonna, I thought he was gonna say it. I thought he was no, saying longevity and job history, and I'm like, he ain't saying it, so I'm gonna say it for him. So. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, eleven. My turn. So it's for for as long as I've known you, Tony, you've been a maverick. You know, you only call a small select few your friends, not associates. Uh-huh. Name one or two people you can always rely on to call for life and or business help. Yeah, that's another great question. Um, Let's go. Well, first that comes to mind, Doc, I got to say you in terms of both, a little bit of both, especially when it comes to anything uh, business-wise, you know, getting things done the right way. You're definitely uh-huh. one of the pillars of people that I like to lean into for that, even though it can be frustrating as fuck. But I'm... <laughs> I know you got good intentions. Yo, Tony, Tony, AM and I are butting heads right now because we want to do a Silk Sonic type of record, right? So you have Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack that makes up Silk Sonic. Anderson Pack wants to take the first or second recording and just call that the whole album. Bruno Mars wants to record it 75 or 80 times and take the best cut. And it's like they said after they finished, they're doing a world tour. So they're they're definitely making money. They're, I think, double or triple platinum by now. But would they ever, in every interview, would they ever work on another one? They look at each other. Not, I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so it's like their world tour, great music. I think they pulled out, Anderson Pack pulled out some of the, the raw intensity that Bruno Mars had. But I mm-hmm. think Bruno Mars making them doing at least more takes brought out the refinement of him. So I'm hoping... I could pull out the refinement of AM and AM can pull the rawness out of Doc, but this ain't going well. <laughs> you ever, ever, ever in your life had me in any room trying to record a verse that I like 75 times, me and you were going outside. Yeah, we're going outside, dude. <laughs> we're going outside. Yeah, you I know, know it's frustrating, but sometimes you know deep down inside it got to get done that way. If I, if, and honestly, if I do agree, we, we will. We will do it over. Yeah. I, I, I 100% am on board for that. But, but Tony, other than me, who's like one or two people that you 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 feel? So another that- person, Doc, you know, his name is Lewis. He used to be uh, around David a lot when I was moving out there. That's where I met him. He's been, he's, he's been doing and he is doing uh, great things. He's a great entrepreneur. He do, he has no job. That, that motherfucker gets paid eight grand an hour. I'm like, I want to be like you. Absolutely. So um, anytime I, I got some, there's no handbook for being an entrepreneur at all. And not anybody okay. can do it. So, you know, if if you're a mechanic 
and you want to learn how to fix a car, you're not going to go to a baker. You're not going to go to a teacher. You're going to have to find another mechanic who's probably better than you that can teach you things that you probably didn't know that existed. So he's one of the people that I have a question. I'm like, man, how sometimes Google's great, but sometimes you need, you need it from a human who's really uh -huh. living that life. Right. Yeah. And I have a, another person, um, you know, I like my female friends. So I got female friends that sometimes, Hey, this bitch ain't acting right. What's wrong with her? Uh -huh. Oh, you know, because this and this and this, Oh, thank you. Now I know how to talk to her better. You know, <laughs> so I won't name names because there's a few of them, and they, I told them I would be doing a Spotify interview, and so they're gonna be watching. Yeah, I, ho I hope <laughs> to see the New York numbers flying off the shelf on this one because New York showed up two listens, two downloads last episode, and we need to we need to increase those numbers. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. So I know that's three, but definitely Doc, Doc J, and um. And Lewis, uh, I probably got to give him a shout out. I reached out to him uh, recently. That guy's a world traveler. Every time I speak to him, he's in another country. So, which is great, you know, very inspirational. And those are the people that I want to stay connected to um, because I have no hate in my blood. So if I can learn from you, let me learn from you. I want you to be better than me. So then hey, just make me step up and be better for myself. Because I don't know, I could be influencing somebody else that I don't even know. Then they see me doing better for me. Now they mm -hmm. want to do better for them. And I believe that's how things should be, that things should go. I'm with, I'm with it. I'm with it. So it sounds like you have been going through a bit of growth in the last two years. I'm very curious to what are your ways and methods that you have been using to change yourself? That's a good question, Am. Yeah, that's fantastic. Meditation. I've been doing meditating a lot. That helps quiet the mind, you know? Yes. Um, put on some little meditation music and sit down for maybe 15, 20 minutes and just be still, you know? I have good days, bad days. Sometimes my mind is everywhere all at once. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm not thinking about anything, you know? Trying to center myself because I realize sometimes that I could react off of emotion and that could not always be good. Agreed. So, yeah, so that has taught me meditating that don't react from an emotional standpoint. You got to you got to think more logically and see what is going on, because sometimes, especially emotions can be used against you. You're not thinking. All you see is red and then you react. And then when things calm down, you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Or I probably shouldn't have said that, you know, but you can't take it back now. Yeah. So me meditation, you know, helped mature me a lot. I'm still learning. I'm not Absolutely. perfect, but I feel like it's taking me in a much better direction. I wish meditation was introduced to me a long time ago. So I would say um, definitely that, but then it's like a domino effect because then now once I become awakened, as they like to say, through meditation, yeah. now it's like, oh, well, I know, look at all these other things I should probably work on on myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Damn, you know, I'm, I'm, I got a lot of learning to do over myself. Jeez. But sometimes people from the outside looking in don't understand. So no, don't. I, I could be in a war within myself inside and on the outside, someone may either be like, oh, Tony's so nice or, oh, Tony looks mad today. Let me avoid mm -hmm. him. It, it's doing great. I advise everyone to at least try it. Take 15 minutes, at least 15 minutes a day. 
All right, Tony. So if you could have a deep talk over a beer or a drink with anybody alive or dead, who would that be? Oh, I got it. That person would be my old self. I've been talking to my old self, but that person is dead. Two completely different mindsets, completely different attitudes, and wondering, Tony, what the fuck were you thinking back then? That's gonna um, that's gonna connect really good to one of my questions later, by the way. But we'll let you li- ride with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, shedding my old self, which was very painful, it was a very painful thing, for various reasons. So that's the person I would like to talk to. And go back to them and say, you know what, you tried your best with what you knew. All right. So transforming from back then to now, what would you say are your biggest two pros? And two cons of being an entrepreneur right now. Pros and cons of what? Being an entrepreneur right now. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, the pros, I think one would be you have more control over what you want to do, when you want to do it, how you want to do it. You know, setting your own schedule, going after projects that connect with you. Not You're not doing it because you were told to do it. You're doing it because this is what you're actively pursuing. So it could come with fulfillment mm-hmm. with, with that. The other pro would be, I mean, the, the money, there's no cap in the money. Your job could be you're making $30 an hour, you know, and you only have a certain amount of hours per week. Whereas this, this is unlimited. You know, you could make 30 grand this week. And you can make 35 grand next week. You can make maybe 10 grand a week after that. Then you can make 50 grand the next week after that. So um, the earning potential is definitely unlimited on that. So that that is great. Um, you said cons, right? Two cons? Yeah. Uh, one con definitely would be it is, like I said, there's no manual to it. So there's a lot of trial and error. This career is not for everybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> you got me with that banana peel i saw it coming too i still had to say it of course <laughs> hey I, I think we all have to drink a little bit so hey salute we got a puerto rican going on right now salute people salute oh yeah there's no manual there's no the manual um yeah yep. trial and error waste a lot of time waste a lot of money it's like oh man i could have done it this way if i would have known you know, um, that's why I believe having a mentor is is crucial because they, they can probably save you a lot of a lot of time and information is very valuable. Uh, the other con would be not a lot of people will understand what you're doing, so you won't get a lot of support. Even though they may love you, but they won't support you until strangers support you. Now they mm-hmm. want to support you, which mm-hmm. I thought is ass backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That it's usually. You get more success, especially as a music artist, going to a different city and popping off opposed to your, your local community. Never happens. Yeah. You do, so, but one thing I'll tell you, the, the the ugly side of that candy is the whole Wendy Day strategy of five effect. Until the people in your five-mile radius and 15-mile radius and 25 radius know who Tony Ganja is, Tony Gonzalez is, when you try to branch out to those other markets, they're not going to know or get good references for you. So they yeah. kind of go hand in hand a little bit. So, yeah, I, I think that's a big con. And, I, and it took me a long time for me to kind of accept that because I would get mad. Yes. I'm like, if it was the other way around, I would have bought your book. I would have attended your show. I would have 
Whatever it is that you're selling, I'm buying just because I know you. And that's why I expect it. But you can't expect people to do the same thing that you would. And that's what I had to learn. I can't, I can't expect people to do what I would have done if it was the other way around. So, okay, if the people who know me don't want to support me, that's fine then. I'm going to give them a reason to. So you got to believe in yourself a lot, even when no one else does. So, which can be hard. It can be trying, you know. Because sometimes you can be working hard at something for a long time and see no results. Sometimes someone saying, good job, Tony, is enough fuel for me to go through the rest of the day. Damn right. But they're too busy ignoring me. They're too busy ignoring my Instagram posts. They're too busy uh, acting like they don't see me in the street, you know, until they see me with another maybe successful person. Oh, I know Tony. Yeah, but you didn't say hi to me when you saw me last week. You know me now? (laughs) When I needed your support the most, you were gone. So, yeah, that is definitely a con of being entrepreneurial. I feel like that's the majority of entrepreneurs or even like music artists, stuff like that. I just feel like they really didn't have a reason to support you just because they're your friends, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But uh, I know in my area, I'm trying to turn that around. It's very hard to, to make it out of here Unless you're fucking someone over. So I, I want to go ahead. And but the first one to to do it the just way, I guess. You know, maybe yeah. not completely fuck somebody over. Maybe fuck them over just a little bit. But <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah. Tony Tony's what I, knows what I'm saying about this, but we don't, we're not going to P. Diddy anybody. We're just going to kind of like, you know, just slightly <laughs> fuck him over. So. Hey, Use a little bit of grease. That just a little bit of grief, a little bit of Vaseline. <laughs> so far, your time on this earth here, what would you say are your biggest regrets in life? That's deep. He's going to say, man, last Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> biggest regrets? As long as he doesn't say being on this show, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was my second one. Okay, scratch that. <laughs> just kidding. Um, not believing in myself sooner. Because I know I missed a whole lot of opportunity. Because apparently, people believe in me more than I believe in myself. That's that's probably why I get a lot of haters. A lot of haters see the potential in me, but I didn't see it in myself. And unfortunately, I believed in that. So I withheld myself back a lot. You know, um, so that is a regret of mine. One one example: when I just moved to Florida, I was hanging out with cousin Laura and her friend, uh, Christine, and there was one other person, I forgot, and we went somewhere in South Beach, and I met uh, the crew from Cash Money Records. They weren't the rappers, but they were like, you know, the crew, and I knew it was them because they were all having the Cash Money chains, and them shits did not look fake, and they were dressing like they were in the Bling Bling video. I said, oh, that's pretty cool, and introduced myself to them, and, uh, you know, that was that. We was leaving, MTV was there, and they were shooting something about something, and they wanted people to come up and talk on camera about something, right? And inside of me wanted to do it. Because I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I want to be a rapper. So this is probably part of the lifestyle. I need to be comfortable in front of a camera. But I didn't do it because I doubted myself. And mm-hmm. I regret it because even if I would have went on camera and completely bombed, at least I would have mm-hmm. tried. But I had that regret of not knowing what could have happened. I could have done a great job and been discovered, you know? But then after that, I met Trina, the rapper Trina. I was like, oh shit, there goes Trina, you know? But I was more, I was more uh, attentive to me 
not taking that chance that I should have taken. So Candy. I regret Candy and, and, and Tony can kind of speak up for this too. I want people to get the best out of their own confidence to the point where I'll be an asshole to both of you, like you and A and both. So that that same FAU talent, uh, what was it, the uh, first hip hop annual, I noticed Tony's vocals weren't coming out as loud as they should have been. So the group before us, they were called MPC Masterpiece Collective. I'll never forget who they are. I'll never forget a name. But anyways... They left these incredible Hulk gloves on the stage that when you smash them oh, together, they say Hulk smash. <laughs> and yeah. I was doing the ad libs for Tony's two records, the 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 five minutes but in my set. And when I noticed he wasn't projecting his voice from his diaphragm, I was doing the ad libs, but I put on the gloves and I kept hitting his side of his face. <laughs> you could tell, AM, you could tell this bitch wanted to <laughs> jump me. But at the same time. He's never sound so good live. So, I, you know, pros and cons. <laughs> I, I was, I, you know, I, after a few times, I'm like, man, I should reach in my waistband and end this shit. <laughs> he goes, I know I got my bulletproof vest. He don't. I definitely <laughs> don't. He said he don't got it on him. He got don't. that foam hand, but I got, I, I got, I got these six inches of metal. <laughs> but, but it was the, it was the, the most. Ver reverberating loud vocals he's ever said because you could tell he was mad at me but it was a good performance so hey it did it work though what you did it did work and again you, you had good intentions behind it but i'm an asshole sometimes <laughs> you had good intentions behind it and it did work actually it worked yep what are your opinions on both social media and ai and how they both relate to business social media um the great thing about it is that anybody could say something. Yeah. The bad thing about it is that anybody can say something. Yep. <laughs> that's a quotation. That's a snippet right there. That's a, you, that's that, that, that is a teaser right there for you to take candy right there. <laughs> Andrew Tate, I'm on your ass. <laughs> Go viral. But um, yeah, social media, um, you can use it for great things but it could also use for bad things. And especially if you're in business, those same people who are supporting you could turn around and be against you. And it could be over the smallest thing and it could not even be true, you know? And even if it is true, people don't want to wait till all the information comes out before they're resharing and making memes about whatever it is that's going on. And you're like, man, these people just want to get on social media and say something and they don't even know what's going on. They're not even part of the situation. Mm -hmm. They're the last person they should be saying anything about, you know, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence scares me. It could be a great tool if it's used like as an assistant to help you get work done. You know, mm -hmm. um, I think it could be leveraged really well, but I think people also can take it way too far and they want to use it for other things that's affecting people negatively. I mean, some people can lose their jobs off of AI, and they may know, not know they may not know anything else. I know AI you know? is kind of new, but like, how, how do you come up to like some of these points? Just considering AI, I don't. I haven't used any AI, so I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not too like versed on. I mean, I know what it is through the movies, but I'm pretty sure it's not there yet. You know, <laughs> I, I've used AI for some of my. Um, I don't want to say too much, but with some companies, um, you can have a conversation with AI, but you got to know how to talk to it. 
I know that don't really make sense. It, it makes a lot of sense, Tony. It makes a lot of sense. AI is not human. They, they're not talking from emotion. So they're taking you as literal verbatim. Also, so, okay. Yeah, but so if you know how to talk to AI, the output that it will give you can be very valuable and you can use that valuable information and apply it to whatever it is that you're doing and boom. You know, um, because AI is connected to the World Wide Web, so you can get your answers really quick. So the answers know? are long. They're just straightforward to what you're asking. Yes. Yeah, um, and like I said, uh, it's all how it's all your intention behind it, too. Um, Can candy, like candy, for me to piggyback off Tony real quick, like at the courthouse, we actually, a lot of us use it. I have it bookmarked. What's cool with what Tony said and where I'll piggyback off him is it's learning us. It's learning humans. So the more you use it, the better it gets your what you're looking for. But he's right. If you don't ask the, ask the right prompt, you won't get the information you want out of it. Where my stance comes from, and Tony's heard my point of view on this many times, it's a great tool if you utilize it the right way. But if if someone knows Tony personally, if someone knows Doc personally, and the language that the grammar that comes out is not Doc or not Tony, they're gonna know that shit's fraudulent in a second. Um, mm -hmm. the or it's being written by someone else. Yes. The one area that I think that the human touch is so much better than AI is like even the, the bio, like writing, you know, hel helping him with the bio, where I even joked with him and I said, could AI write this as good as you? He goes, nope. Like, cause. <laughs> The, the the AI robot, no matter how many years I train it, wouldn't know Tony with the personal stories that I have with him. 100%, and, yeah. But it takes the right person to do that, too. If you don't have the right person behind you, Tony's right with that. AI is a great tool to kind of be that person. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's like it, use it as a tool. Don't use it as the final product. I guess that's my my point of view. Not well, also, too, if you, you know, if you got evil people in the world, they can they can weaponize AI against people. Yep. So that's why it's a scary thing in a good way, because it can help expedite results. But also mm -hmm. it's a bad way because sometimes not everyone has good intentions and they can want to weaponize it for whatever agenda that they may have. So I got you. Combine now combine that with social media. Yep. You know, it could be the greatest thing and it could be the worst thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're we on 17 right now. It's my turn. So if you were to go back, and this kind of connects with your last comment maybe 10 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes ago. If you were to go back in time, time machine style, and meet the 21-year-old Tony Gonzalez, Tony Ganja at the time, what three jewels would you try to teach him? And I don't know if he'll listen to them, but what three jewels would you try to teach him? Mm. Don't believe the negative thoughts in your head would be one. I came up around a very negative environment, and I've had a lot of people disliking me because, like I said earlier, they seen the potential in me that I didn't. And um, that's why they were so negative towards me. But the thing was, I started believing what they were saying, so I became my own worst enemy. So if I could go back and says, don't listen to them, there's a reason why they're making you feel that way because they already know what you don't know yet. Another jewel would be, man, talk to that girl in the coffee shop. The fuck is, you, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> She already said hi to you with a pussy already. You might as well just close the deal. So yeah, um, be more out, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, like social. The word is escaping. 
man, when I was 21 years old, all I cared was about rap so much that I didn't even see the other opportunities that was presented to me. So I would have said to myself, it's cool that you want to rap, keep doing that, but keep your mind open to other opportunities that you, you should probably try that might actually work out for you better. You know, um, I had a chance to go and get into real estate. I'm like, houses? What am I going to do selling houses? <laughs> I could have been a real who, who knows? Now I could have been a great real estate agent. You know, I could have been rich right. with a, you know, however that turns out to be. But so, yeah, um, don't, oh, it's good to be laser focused on something, but always know that something even possibly better could come around when you least expect it. You should probably at least look into it. You know? Yeah. If you won a million dollars tomorrow, what would you do? Uh, strip club. Okay. <laughs> uh, for one a million dollars? Today. Today? What would you do? Today. What would you do today? Hmm. I will. <laughs> I will drink to that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he didn't have to say anything there. All he had to do was a motion, and we are all drinking on his million dollars. Salute. That liquor, that liquor lady gonna love me. What did she do already? I definitely want to go to Bali, man. I definitely want to at least go out there for like at least a month or two, get me a nice tan, see how the women are, see the culture, see the food. See, see all the see all the great, fantastic places. So I would like to collect memories and experiences, right? But I wouldn't want to get too too overboard, you know. Um, I definitely want to look into creating more digital assets for myself, you know, put it in assets. But yeah, the first thing I do, um, can I quit my job? You know, I quit my job. I think I could do all right yeah, for right. myself, one million dollars, make make that grow into something great. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that's such a loaded question. I wouldn't even know. Like, I know, but I wouldn't even know. I have to see it first. Let me check my balance. <laughs> that's, a good, that's, a, that's a good answer, though. Well, I, I got some, something here for you. Hold, hold on. Before you go on, before you say that, I definitely wouldn't tell anybody I got a million dollars. There you I go. That's no. I, <laughs> I know. I got friends now. That person that, that, that person that didn't say hi to me last week, oh, they want to hang out now. Oh. They want. They want to know what's going on in my life now. Huh? Nothing's going on. We killing it right now. <laughs> Nothing's going on. To so starting your own business, describe two to three achievements or accolades that you're most proud of. That I'm most proud of. One, I would say acquiring acquiring my first my first client. Right, acquiring my first client was something that. I'm very proud of myself. Um, acquiring my first client shows me that I'm good enough for someone to trust me with their brand to create some content for them. Yes, sir. So to me, that was that was a, a great accomplishment. Uh, no matter no matter how much I got paid for it or whatever, to me that wasn't it. It was it wasn't about the money. It was that oh, I can really do this. Exactly. Let me pursue it even more. See where it takes me. You said two, right? Two, two accomplishments. Starting to work with like bigger brands. Like I don't want to kind of say names, but 
when NDAs are being presented to me and stuff like that, I think, man, this is this is potentially life changing. Mm-hmm. And um, again, the inside of me is so excited and saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, you like me. But on the outside, I'm acting like I belong because there's a reason why I'm here is because you like me. Right. Oh you like what I do. So I got to I got to act like I belong, that I'm used to it. But in the inside, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here. Candy, so I'm going to add a third one to his list here. One thing I will say with him is he was one of the few people in Hear My Voice early on, like era one. You guys are like era four, you and AM, but era one where he actually listened to the to the better business practices. So even the few records that we recorded together, like Sleep, for example, with Rudy G., we have a copyright for that. He has that for the rest of his life, and his family has that for 70 years after he dies. So the thing with that is, like, there are motherfuckers out here, mixtape rappers and some of these kids that are TikTok dudes that don't have copyrights for the million songs they have. And this cat actually listened and did what I said. So I know I could be an asshole sometimes, but now he has equity in the content he owns. And I I really appreciate his uh, buy-in to all that, you know? So Yeah, and um, I did mention this before, but... Me, personally, I don't know anybody else who has their own book published on Amazon. Um, I know so many rappers, but none of them have copyrights. None of them can say, I legitimately own that song. Mm -hmm. I can say I do, even if it's just one. But at least I can say I got that one. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I got a book that's on the biggest platform on the planet. And I can say, that's me. I own it. I own the rights. That is my work. And I'm sharing it with the world. So I I would say that is an accomplishment, too, because I never, ever thought that I would have anything published to that magnitude on a platform that big. Yep. All right. So I'm next up. Which of these two mean more to you, loyalty or respect, and why? That's a great question, man. I'll drink to that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you need both, but if you got to pick one, you have to I'll take the respect because with respect comes loyalty. Because I don't want people who are loyal to me, but don't respect me because that is going to be a problem. But if you respect me, you don't got to be loyal to me in terms of you don't got to be friends, but you will respect me. And I take respect over loyalty because I could have zero friends, but and I know people respect me, so they're not going to try me in whatever way it could happen, right? Versus, mm-hmm. you know, if I got no respect, people are going to try you. Even the ones closest to you, they're going to try you. They could be loyal to you because you're probably the gravy train or whatever it is that you're doing. So, but they may not like you. Nah, nah, nah. You're going to respect me. You know, you're going to respect me. You may you don't have to like me, but you're going to respect me. And if you're in my circle or not. So... Yeah, I, I, I'd rather take the respect because I think eventually people will be loyal to your program on, on what it is. Even if they may not like you, they may grow to like you and be like, you know what? He's all right. You know, he's all right. So I take the respect. I love that answer. Yeah, I, I really like changes my mind on my answer a whole lot. Yeah, my man. Answer. Because... Without respect, sometimes there's certain paths in life that you can't walk through because they need respect to. 
And if you don't have it, it doesn't matter if you got a thousand motherfuckers loyal to you. Don't if no one respects you, you can walk up in there by yourself and you'll be okay. Respect is like currency. That is respect is definitely currency. Yeah, never expires. Would you be able to say that I really have loyalty because I can always earn my respect? No. My bad. I, what what candy? What's great with this question is I don't think, and this is something from Drink Champs, uh, DJ EFN, shout outs, and uh, Nori. I don't think there's a correct answer to this one. It's really the person's mental. So I mean, I don't really tie into what the person mental says. It's more them, and I love to hear people describe and walk through that that garden of how they describe it. You know. But I can see that too. You get the loyalty, then earn the respect later because then you're earning the respect by being consistent in whatever it is that you're doing and you're setting an example. Mm -hmm. So, and then the respect could come eventually. So I can see that as well. <laughs> so wait, 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 All right, Tony, Tony, directly to you, I'm asking you, what would you want people to say about you at your funeral? Um, first of all, I can't die. Energy never, never, never disappears. It can only be transmuted. Amen. <laughs> but if I do take a pause from this earth, that Tony was a uh, genuine guy with a heart of gold, um, and, and he meant he meant well. He was trust. He was trustworthy, and he was a trustworthy guy. Someone you can trust with um, your most darkest secrets, and you know if you were to have a falling out, that I'm not going to go and say nothing to anybody. Um, you could be my friend today, enemy tomorrow, and I'm not going to reveal anything that probably went down because. Just, that's just the person that I am. So I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a truly genuine person. There are very few people in this world that you, you can really truly trust. AM, AM, this is how cool the dude is. I'm kind of snitching on myself. We drove out to the Tampa Music Conference, Angel and Carol Soto, shout outs. I think I hit a turtle and that shit like flew like a turtle shell on like Mario Brothers. <laughs> that shit was dead. There's no way that shit was living. And Tony was like, <laughs> He, like he woke up from his nap and was like, yo, you said a turtle. All right, back to sleep. <laughs> he didn't make me feel bad about it. I beat myself up over it. He didn't make me feel bad about it or nothing. Hey, dog, I'm pretty sure you don't even use straws because of the turtles. <laughs> but here's a surprise question, man. So as a businessman, I know you listen to a lot of opportunities. So here's one. What would it take for my boys Doc and AM to be a guest verse on the next project? Hey, the first thing would be just ask me. Hey. Um, the second thing would be, where's the beat? It got to be a beat that make me want to write, make me want to inspire me, inspires me to want to say something. So, so hold on. So you're telling me, and, and we're gonna share a celebratory shot for this one. You're telling me that the rap career of Antonio Gonzalez isn't over. <laughs> Hey, I get to get on the verse. Let's go. It's <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. To finish answering your question, though, um, I, I think I could articulate myself better now than I can before. So I, I think mm -hmm. it'd be a good way for me to kind of revisit that part of my life and also to see if I still got it and see how much I've improved. You know, what do I, like I got that. to say now? What, what What's the material I'm talking about now versus... 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, it ain't about drugs and guns anymore. You know, what I like about you now is Tony Antonio Gonzalez versus Tony Ganja is you've lived a little bit more and you've 
you've done a little bit more. So I think you would have more to pull from. But moving on to segment five, 100% facts. With this segment each week, we'll start to get into the guts of radio success. Facts about how artists are performing on radio and what Doc J does for work at Media Base Chart Map. If it goes left, it's the number one spot. All right, Doc. Let's look at who actually performed the best at radio last week and snatched that tippity-top chart spot. All right. At Urban National Radio last week was snoozed by SZA, TDE Representa, with over 6,165 spins per day last week at National Radio. It earned a, a platinum plaque already on April 7, 2023, before it was even a single. It was shipped on April 25th by TDE and RCA Records. It was their sixth single from her album, SOS, and it was already platinum from the streaming success of the album alone. It debuted at number 37 on club charts and number 34 two weeks later on urban charts and quickly shot its way up. Produced by the Rascals. Babyface and BLK. It sampled Destiny's Child's Me, Myself, and I. It was co-written by Babyface as well, the GOAT, and was originally intended as a Babyface song featuring SZA for her 22 album, 2022 album, Girls Night Out. But he ultimately passed on it. I, I said, for some reason, for some reason, I, my, my brain went backwards. So guys, when I said her, I meant Babyface, his album. <laughs> All right, fun fact. His album, but fun fact here: four of us from H and B Entertainment, which is here, my voice, reviewed this single for her label back on four eighteen twenty three. And Tony, do you want to guess who, who most correct got the? Oh my god, I can't even speak. Who got? Maybe who got it correctly. <laughs> Tony, do you want to guess who get who predict who predicted the record the best? I'm gonna go with AM. Ah, I should go with Doc. <laughs> you should always go with Doc, by the way. <laughs> candy, candy, break down what we all predicted. I got you. Here were the chart predictions at the time, right? Rapper AM guessed it was gonna be between 20 to 30 on club, and it wasn't gonna chart on urban. At right? all. At all. They said fuck urban AM. Rob from the Mob guessed it was going to be between 20 and 30 on both Club and Urban. Crookson guessed it was going to be 15 to 25 on Club and 35 to 45 on Urban. He did good. And, you know, Doc guessed it was going to be top 10 Urban and Club. Whatever. Whatever. It is currently number one record on Urban and the number two record on Club. So, I guess I'm so far... Doc, Doc got it. Doc be cheating. Doc, you got experience. Got experience. Mad, mad scientist. Mad scientist. <laughs> That's what's up. Now, breaking singles. Here we quickly highlight which new songs are breaking and entering. I sound like I'm fucking battle rapping. <laughs> no, breaking and entering the urban radio charts, and it looks like we have three debuts this past week. So, first we got popular. By the weekend, featuring Playboy Cardi and Madonna, shipped to radio six two twenty three, debuting at forty one in urban, with over four hundred and seventy four spins a day last week. It was distributed by XO Public Records, produced by Metro Boomin, The Weekend, and Mike Dean. 
also debuting at number 28 on Rhythmic Club and 37 on Pop Stations. Sell her soul to be popular. That's, that's, that's just catchy, bro. I think y'all, y'all underestimated that record, too, but... I, I don't know why I did. I've been playing the shit. I don't know what the fuck I be thinking sometimes. I, I play it every fucking day. Yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a good song, man. Yeah. So we have another record that broke into the charts this week. His his name is Byron Masaya. I think I'm saying that right. I'm intoxicated. Me too. <laughs> Byron Messier. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the record's called Taliban's. It was shipped to radio six thirteen. So June sixteenth, June thirteenth, two thousand and three. Debuted at number 43 on Urban with over 447 spins per day last week. Distributed by Z-Tech Entertainment and Interscope Records. It's produced by EJ Faya. And it also debuted at number 43 also on club stations as well. So 43 and 43. I got to call the Messiah. It's, it's Messiah. I, I, don't, I don't pronounce Messier without an E-A. And, but you know what? <laughs> Summer Too Hot from Chris Brown. I believe this is July the 1st, 2023. Debuted at number 44 for Urban with over 388 spins per day last week. It's distributed by CB Entertainment. I, I believe that's Chris Brown Entertainment and RCA Records. Produced by Rockstar and DSTRK. Also debuted. Distraught. Is that what it is? Yeah, Distraught. I like I like that. Also debuting at number 40 on Rhythmic and Club stations. And because you know my whole crew and company at Hear My Voice Entertainment are dope like that, our panel, our review panel of Rapper AM, Candy, me, Raul, even my nephew, Cruxon, Jose, Candy, we actually reviewed all three of these damn records for their respective labels months ago let's see how we each agreed and disagreed today for the first record we're talking about the weekend's popular what did we say candy so i said i feel like ava has been busy this year but it's not good music surprisingly i really enjoyed the cardi feature you know i'm not really too big of a fan of cardi and madonna so him she, he and madonna mix very well with the song and beat sounds more club and pop than urban so I guess there's going to be 10 to 20 on Pop and Club and then 30 to 40 on Urban, but I strong bumped it. I really enjoyed it. I said, I love this song so much. I can't stand how much I love it. Sound like a white girl. Can't stand how much you love it. <laughs> from the mix, from every single person's vocals, from the beat. It's been one of my favorite songs, and I have been playing. I'm not even playing with y'all. I've been playing it every day, every day while I'm delivering food and things of that nature. I'm playing it right now. I'm playing it right now. I never knew that I would really, really like a Cardi song. Candy, I feel like you. I, 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 I think I like Cardi now. Yeah, I'm um, not a because I'm not a, not a at, at all. Like I couldn't outside of this one, I could not tell you what he sounds like, but I've heard his voice. Like I, I know that's what he sounds like. Um, but I have liked his voice, right? It's a, a bit of Young Thug, but it's not. It's different, and I personally have never listened to his music enough to know what it is. The song, in my opinion, is very poppy, but it has a club bounce that makes me want to dance on the top of a car 
at somebody's beach. The piano cuts through the bass like butter and just feels great in my ears. Everyone shows up, even Madonna, and kills their part, especially the hook. Top 10 club, 1020 pop, and then I gave it a 4050 urban. Strong bump. I agree with AM and Candy to a point with my review, just not my rating. So I said on June 13th to her label, to, to Weekend's label, not her, but his label, I said it's ambitious, lasery, dance club bop, meshing three artists from three totally different lanes, but really works for me. Produced by Metro Boomin, The Weeknd, and Mike Dean. Mike Dean goes all the way back to Scarface days, so I have a lot of respect for Mike Dean. It's 80s-inspired, warm, electro-synths, mid-tempo pop melodies, 808s, and a fun rhythmic cowbell throughout the whole beat, Tony. <laughs> Simple theme describing a girl yearning for fame, regardless of the good, bad, and sacrifice, sacrifices. Rewind. <laughs> Simple theme describing a girl yearning for fame, regardless of the good, bad, and sacrifices that she has to do and how he, Weekend, can provide for it. Weekend's vulnerable tone, reverbs, falsettos, and infectious hook drives it. Cardi briefly enters the mix with his whiny, melodic trap, kind of like AM said, the young thug type of style, bag on the pre-hooks and bridges, but it works for me. Madonna rips the second verse, too, complete with attitude, and she even drops two F-bombs. Better than expected, very catchy, plus versatile enough to chart anywhere on any of the charts it's been shipped to. I'm guessing top 10 at club, mm -hmm. 5 through 15 on Ur on pop, and 15 to 25 on urban. I give it a weak bump. The only reason I gave it a weak bump is I feel like there are better weekend records than this one, but all three of them showed up. So I definitely agree with my boys, Candy and AM. They, they all showed up on this one. So let's dive into... Hold on, hold on, hold on, Candy, real quick. So, Candy, um, Candy, Tony, what do you think about like Weekend from the records you've heard so far? Like, is this a record you probably like tap into maybe one day? Yeah, I mean, I, I respect the Weekend. Um, I think anything that he puts out, it's just, it, it's great. I, I, like you said before, it's um, versatile. You said is the word. Um, he's always doing uh, theme songs for WrestleMania for the WWE. And every time I hear it, I'm like, man, I like that song. Oh, man, I like that song, too. Man, I like this song, too. Um, it's impressive to me for, me, for me to constantly like people's music. But I never bought an album from them, right? So it makes me want to actually dive into what else that I may like from him, you know, and I actually legitimately became a new fan. Where I agree with Candy and Tony um, I'm sorry, where I agree with Candy and AM is I'd never thought in my life I would see Cardi, uh, Playboy Cardi and Madonna on the same record. And Weekend made somehow that makes sense and work great. So I, I like that record. Yeah, Madonna's definitely an OG. She's been around for a long time. Uh, Weekend is just good at what he does. He, he does, he produces as well, right? Yep. Writer, producer, and singer. Yep. Playboy Cardi, I'm sorry, I may be a little bit out the loop, but I've heard that name before. But where he's where's he from? Uh, is he in the group? Like he's in a group, right? Nah, in a group. Is he is a solo solo guy? He, yeah, was he was he down with Bad Boy or something? No, he's not down with Bad Boy. Playboy Cardi, Playboy Cardi, Playboy Cardi's 26 years old. He is originally from Georgia. 
And he's and AM's absolutely correct. He kind of has that young thug, like whiny melodic trap flow. So, I've heard that name before though. Let's dive into Byron, uh, as AM would say, Messiah. <laughs> Teleband. As I have never heard of him before this. We eat what do we say each about it? I didn't review that week, but from Rob from the mob did. So I'll read from his. Rob said, somebody obviously loves autotune. It has some nice Afro beats influence with crispy percussion and bass. This I though, what makes you want to dance a little. Good delivery. Byron Messia doesn't miss a beat. I think 40 to 50 on both Urban and Club, if it charts at all, we bump. I don't think any of us are pronounced his right his name right. It's Byron Messier. Man, he gonna, he gonna be Messiah. I said, oh, he should have spelled it better. Like, like Messiah. I know Messiah has an H on the end of it, but all you're missing is the H. S-E-A? Like, phonetically, do something better for yourself. And if you get upset with someone calling you Messiah, change your name. Change your name. That's it. What AM said is, oh, this is different. Love the vibe from the jump. Makes me feel like smoking and drinking while dancing on some sand. The beat mix could have been louder, but it's clean. The vocals are very clean. The vibe on the whole song is A1. First time hearing from whoever this guy is. I'm not even going to keep butchering his name. I put BM on there because I wasn't even going to be able to spell it right because I want to put an H at the end and call him Messiah. I'll keep my ears open for more music after this, and I wonder how it will chart as I think that Afro beats and songs and that vibe, they need their own category. I don't know, I don't know if they necessarily fit with what has been put in R&B and or put in adult contemporary and or club. So I personally don't know where it's going to go, um, but I will be smarter in my chart prediction on this one. I said it's going to be a mix. This is going into a mix of mine and I already added it in. 40 to 50 on both urban and club is what I said. And then I did a week bump. That's what's up. That's what I had the same conversation with my nephew Cruxton, the Jose uh, AM. Yeah, he really loves funk music, which not our funk music, like not F F U N K, but P H O U. I'm sorry, P H O N K. Yep, I know what it is. Yeah, and it's like it's still urban, regardless of what you ever name. It's and and you're absolutely right though. Afrobeats is kind of taken over. The only things I feel like it's mm-hmm. a lane where there's only one or two records that are allowed to be shining, and then those two fall off the charts, and then two new ones take their place. They have to. I agree. So, but what I said, Tony, what I said on six on, on June 20th to, to their label, to Byron Messier's label was about Taliban's was I prejudged it by its cover. His name, big ass chain. Title of the record and artwork didn't give me any inclination of a vibey, melodic, singing, dancehall, Jamaican-born artist from St. Kitts. I thought it was a damn-ass thug rapper. Over the EJ Faya beat of minimalistic, islandy keys and clacky Afrobeats hi-hats, Byron combines warm melodies and assertive rap cadences pretty well. Like, he can sing and rap at the same time. Lyrics are low-key, a badman, going to, to Mr. Arian over there, badman tale of running a crime family like the Taliban's. Touching on everything in his verses, from whorehouses to selling illegal rum to AK-47s to Islamic bombs to blood splattering on the streets to turf wars. Lots of cool echoes and reverb in the mix, too. A lot of Afrobeats out 
right now, but his lyricism definitely kept me interested more than other Afrobeats records. Oddly, it's a very dancey groove, yet paired with very violent visuals. Like, I think he kills multiple people in the verses. So it all depends on what you focus on. If you're, you know, if you're a person that more focuses on the vibe and beat, you're probably going to like it more than someone like me that focuses on the lyricism. But as an intro to him, I actually liked it. I've never heard of a record before this record. This is his first national radio charting single. I predicted 30 to 40 on Urban, 35 to 40 on Club, and they should consider shipping it to Tropical as well because I think it'll chart there as well. I've Sound given like it a me. weak bump. I think I, I want to hear more music from him for sure. So as for the third, I had to, I had to get down. I'm so sorry. I, I was listening to something outside of my window. I don't know what the fuck it was. It sounded like a little kid, but it was a dog and my, my, my sister's girlfriend. At any rate, as for the third and last debut single we had this week, Let's what we all said for Chris Brown's Summer Too Hot. I'll start. I said I love the instrumentation on it. The vocals and beat are mixed very well. Signature production from that from CB, what he's been using. Amazing riffs and backing on the vocals. The song is very clean. The vibes make you feel like I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in Miami outside of a club near a beach watching people surf. And at the same time, I see choreographed dancing at a nice nightclub. I feel like it could be background music in some nice black movies. Tyler Perry, I hope you hear me. <laughs> Energetic song. Dancy, but has a nice amount of vibes that I make you want to sing. And, and like when I said that, I meant like repeat it. 1020 Club, 3040 Urban Strong Bump. See, what's dope with Tony being online with us right now, I think he's going to write down some of these records and go listen to them right after the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm, so, I'm already working on that collaboration. Huh? There you go. Hell yeah. So on July 5th, I also said, just like AM did, I sent to his label, breezy, mellow, pop R&B, summer fling type of bop. Co-produced by Rockstar and Destruct, it's stabbing bass, mid-tempo, midi claps, pianos, and twinkly keys. It's something vibrant that Pharrell or the Neptunes would have made. Yes. But it actually has more beach vibes than something they would have made. So I kind of agree with AM on this one. Very simple song, but echoey auto-tune flair and runs all over the place. You know, Chris Brown kind of sings all over the place. Semi-sensual lines like get nasty and you know who to call when you're horny. But for the most part, it keeps it kind of mild and PG, you know, PG-13 rated. It's not like, you know, raunchy. It lacks some energy and hooks a slightly average to me personally. Not a classic hit from Chris Brown, yet it's decently catchy. It's new Chris Brown. We haven't had a new Chris Brown record for some months. And appropriately, it feels mm-hmm. like the summertime. So I said maybe top 10 on club and 10 to 20 on urban. I give it a weak bump. What I said, I kind of said the same thing Doc said, just in a shorter version. I said, not a great song, but still one of his better projects. Catchy being hooked, the instrumental vocals sound very clean. Overall, good jam that can be a summer song or a bumping grind type song. I'm guessing between 20 and 30 club and 30 to 40 on urban. I give it a weak bump. So... Keeping it in the 100% facts, moving on to just the facts. Everyone knows I'm a numbers guy. AM, Candy, Tony, they all know I'm a numbers guy. And like the old saying goes, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Here, we'll fire through some of the more meaningful stats on the charts right now today and actual movement up the national urban charts as well. Candy, why don't you kick us off? So the biggest three risers this week is number one, Area Code by Cali. And be up seven spots from 24 to 17. 
It has a 28.7% more spins. Right now, it's uh, hitting about 2,088 uh, 2, spins a day. Uh, number two, we have Double Back by Coco Jones. It is up six spots from 38 to 32. So it has a 38.9% more, and then now it has a 1,111 spins daily. That's a lot of ones. And we have Always by Daniel Caesar. It's going to be up six spots from 27 to 21 with 28.1% more. Now at 1,843 spins a day. Biggest three drops for this week is going to be Private Landing from Don Tolliver, Justin Bieber, and Mr. Future. Went down from seven spots from 16 to 23, 31.1 less percent now, and is at 1,632 spins per day. The second one is going to be mine by Juan Moore. That is that group of those young gentlemen, right? Yeah, the four sons of uh, Juan Moore from Boys to Men. That's what I thought. So it's going to be down seven spots from 20 to number 27, 26.5 less percent. Now it's going to have 1,393 spins per day. The third one is going to be In My Mood. In My Mood from Ice Spice, down three spots from 17 to 20, 20.4 percent less now, 1,884 spins per day. And as Candy did for the biggest risers and AM did for the biggest drops, I'm going to give the biggest respect to the indies this week that are on national charts. I'm going to give respect to four of them. Rodeo by LaPat featuring Big Jade. It's up 12 to number 12 with 2,817 spins per day. That's a 6.7% increase. Number two is Poundtown 2, Sexy Red featuring Nicki Minaj. I don't like that record. It's up to 16, number 16 on the charts with 2,338 spins per day. That's actually up 26.4% increase. Number three is Stop Playing With Me, Pretty Porcelain. It's up to 22 with 1,629 spins per day. That's a 3.3% increase. And last but not least, the other indie is Curious by Eric Bellinger featuring Corday and Fabulous. It's up to 26 on the charts with 14 and 73 spins per day, which is up 18.9% increase. So we are still going to be on the 100% facts, but what we're doing is we're going to kind of flip to the opposite side or the most detrimental side and say radio rest in pieces this week. It's going to be ending in July the 3rd, 2023. As the title suggests, this is our section to give a final farewell to the singles that have officially died and fell off the national rotation on commercial urban radio. This week, we have three condolences to pay our last respects to. The very first one is Creepin' by Metro Boomin featuring The Weeknd and 21 Savage is shipped in mid-December of 2022. It's had a six point six and a half month run at radio. It peaked at number one. And it's already earned a two a double platinum plaque. Been About You from Drake and 21 Savage shipped early March. Went on a four-month run, peaked at number one, but did not receive any plaques. Then we got Selfish by J-Lock featuring RL, was shipped mid-April, had a three-month run, and peaked at 36. All right, so we're going to move on to our segment six, the edutainment section. This is one of my favorite sections where we try our best to make the listeners that email us in the stars of the segment. So when you send us a question in, my boys AM and Candy will actually select your question and we'll talk about you on air and shout you out. So if you didn't already know, book fan page, 
www.facebook.com slash Twisted Critics. A mailing list if you aren't already subscribed and the Twisted Critics business email by twistedcritics at mail.com. And you got your hat ready? I got my hat ready. So each episode, Candy sends me all the questions that we received and I blindly select it with my eyes closed and my glasses foggy. I'm going to get two lucky fans for me, Doc, and our guest, Tony. We're going to do a deeper dive on info while we are live on air. So the first one I'm picking, give me a second, is going to be from Nightmare, 17-year-old from Florida. He's asking us, in some depth, what do you think about distributors and what they do to your music? All right, we're going to go deep into this one. And I want AM and, and Tony, since they both have rap careers, which we're going to take shots of for this one, by the way. <laughs> right now? Like right now? Come on, let's like go. Right now, we all taking shots with this. I want Nightmare to, t- to tap in with us and take a shot with us, too. Clack so my glass and say something. I'm happy to. Salute. Salute. All right, so Nightmare. Nightmare is part of the crew of my nephew, Croxon, Jose. Mm-hmm. Part of a crew called the Masters, so I got a lot of respect to him. Seventeen years out of Florida, so so when you say distributors, you got to really break that down to what it is. When you're signed to a major label, you're going to get a, a, a physical distributor. They're going to actually ship out your physical CDs and vinyl to record stores. Yep. Then there's actual distributor that actually pushes your stuff out to actual services. Yep. Uh, sync licenses, video games, TV shows, radio, and all that stuff. And then you have what's called a di- digital distributor that sends it out to all the streaming services. So like Spotify, Tidal, and what have you, you know? Absolutely not. So he didn't really break it down to what he wanted, but he did say what they do to your music. So it is a necessary requirement. You need a distributor, multiple distributors, to get your stuff out there for people to buy you, to stream you, to monetize you. Yep. So I definitely agree with Nightmare, like... It is a necessary stance, but I want him to understand that without a distributor, you're not making any money. You can't do it yourself. can't do it your damn self. You can do it your damn self. You can buy the software called Sonus. And the only mm-hmm. reason I know that is Angel Soto and Carol Soto, who actually ran the Tampa Music Conference, yes. they have their own Benton distribution now. They had to mm-hmm. buy a software from Spain called Sonus, which costs like somewhere in the range of 500 to 600 grand to just oh, yeah. to <laughs> Look, exactly. So you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless, unless you have 500, 600 grand or money to put up to buy that. But it's a software yeah. to put you up and put you on these services. You definitely want to be on these services. You want to be on Spotify. You want to be on, you know, on shots to that you want to be on title you want to be on apple you want to be on youtube and all that stuff you could definitely do it yourself on youtube and soundcloud and stuff but you're gonna have a hard time monetizing them but but nightmare i have a lot of respect for you because i've listened to your music already and I, I and i like some of your stuff you need to start with the copyright when you get a copyright an actual music copyright you open up 15 streams of monetization you can get paid by 15 different ways different avenues of money not just streaming, not just AdSense, but you can be on a video game. You can be on a TV show. You can be on a movie. You can get paid from when you performing the music live in a venue that actually pays their performance rights royalties every single year. So, like, if yeah. I perform at the Amway Center or the Magic Play, not only do I get paid my money to perform there, 
I get paid my royalties for performing there if I own a copyright. So that's one thing like I really want you to understand, like the distribution is needed per your question. What they do for your music is they get it out there on all the different platforms. And I'm not just talking streaming platforms. I'm talking about all platforms. But if you don't protect it up front, you don't get eligibility for those other type of profits. So that's kind of what I have to that. But they're definitely needed. You definitely need to work with them. Some are better than others. If you use DistroKid or United Masters, they're digital distributors. They don't have a main corporate headquarters. Mm -hmm. We use Symphonic Distribution through Hear My Voice, and they have a corporate headquarters in Tampa that we can visit. They have a law office there. They have a sync licensing office there. They're definitely not DistroKid. And they're also not involved in many of the lawsuits. I think we had 16 against DistroKid last year alone in 2022 for not paying their artists correctly. Mine is easy. Don't be, don't be me. <laughs> don't be me. I mean, be me now. Like I'm on, I'm on that, I'm on that Tony shit right now. Be me now. Don't be me. Don't be me years ago. Uh, I'll share stories. My story's quick. I had a gazillion views, and when I say a gazillion listens and views, I mean a gazillion. I've had I've had a, a, a bunch um, on my SoundCloud, and it was both mixed in with music that I I could have owned that I produced myself and had had legal production for that I didn't get copyrights for. I got hit with a couple of copyright infringements, and after three, they take your profile down. So I'm gonna tell you, I lost a bunch of fans and I lost a bunch of of numbers that could have helped those who think numbers are what make you look really good. And I'm, when I say a bunch, I mean over 200, 300,000. It was a lot. It was a whole lot. So copyright everything. Digital and physical distribution is something that you're going to definitely need. I'm, I'm, that 600,000 sounded crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it again. You can't do it yourself. Because if I'm doing something with $600,000, I'm not rapping anymore. If, I, if I'm walking around with $600,000 in my pocket to be able, be able to buy something like Sonus, we ain't rapping no more. We're doing something else. We are, we are starting a label. Masterpiece style. So the second question... Raw Thesis, I love your name, It's coming from and or out of Chicago. And he asked, aside from buying social media traffic, you don't want to do that, what are some proven methods to drive users to your content and convert them to followers? Doc, you're up. All right, so Raw Thesis, I know of you from Facebook. He's not one of my personal friends, AM, but I definitely want to collaborate with him. He's older than me. And he's from Chicago, and he definitely has that old-school flow that me and Tony absolutely love. He He's kind of like you, where he posts a lot of, like, freestyle verses and stuff. Aside from buying social media traffic, first of all, don't ever buy social media traffic. If you get caught from that and media that. catches you for doing that, we will make you ineligible for all your profit. So don't do that, number one. Second of all, what are some proven methods to drive users to content to your content and convert them to followers. Let's zone in on your question first. You don't want to convert anyone to followers. You want to convert them to fans. Fans. The difference with fans and followers, followers will like your your shit and play your shit. shit. Mm -hmm. And that's it. None of them are actually spend their hard-earned money for it. So you actually want fans. You don't want followers. We had the same issue with one of our own from Hear My Voice, Raul Lozano. We try to bring in some artists to actually tap into one of our challenges to actually join our mailing list. He has a thousand of followers, but none of them are actually fans. Like none of them actually join the you know the call to action, join our mailing list, do this, buy this. Those are followers. Those aren't fans. You want fans. You 
you know, so th- that's the first thing. The the fans you actually get will actually spend hard-earned money for your merchandise, your clothing, your T-shirts, your hats, and your damn tickets. When you come to Orlando, Florida, I'm spending money to go see one of the Raw Thesis type of shows. So that's one thing. Exactly. A proven method to pull those people in is putting up more content of personal realization with you, personal interaction, personal connection. I want to know you're a human being. I want to know your real-life issues. I'm not saying go all Joe Budden on it, but I want to know what you spend your money on. I want to know what your hey. AM is probably the same as me. We both love Joe Budden that much, and we 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 are, we want to know what you go through. You know, do you have yes. a child? Do you have do you have to pay for that child's college education? Like, I want to know that, you know, and I want to tap into that, and that's the type of artist I want to support. Other proven methods of that is doing challenges, doing you know, contest, put up a beat, put up a, a, a freestyle contest and tag someone like rapper AM on it. He will definitely, definitely catch wreck and try to rap with you. When you go on TikTok, okay. we had a whole entire training course with the North American coordinator of TikTok. 96% mm. of the people that make money off TikTok are the people that share challenges, not the people that take part in challenges. That 4%, the only one that actually make money is when you actually take part in the challenge and you outdo the person that did the challenge. But the person that actually started that challenge, if you don't outdo them because they own the copyright, all your views, all your content, all your impressions go to that original person. So you taking part in all these you know, dozens of challenges, while it's fun for you and shows your pen and how you know, talented you are, you're making the money go up for the person that shared the challenges, not yourself. So exactly. I would say you need to create the challenges. You need to tr- create the contest. You need to re- create the content. Mm-hmm. Put your videos up on YouTube. This buying social media traffic mm-hmm. does, definitely doesn't help because if we catch it, we take away all your monetization. Copyright your music, own it, and anyone that shares it, you're making money off them. That's the best way I could tell you to convert followers to actual fans that will actually spend money on you. It's all about the organic. My answer came from a, um, a photography standpoint, right? Um, I still do this. I don't know if Doc sees it on some of my pages. I go out and I touch people. Like, literally, I touch people. Recently, there's a guy that I'm not going to say his name on here. He was on Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres. And I didn't recognize him, but I knew who he was. Went out, shot him as a photographer, tagged him. And I looked, and he had almost a million followers, right? People care when you make them feel important. That is, that is the biggest thing about everything. So doing contests and things of that nature, you literally isolate a person. You want to isolate a person. You want to isolate, you want to isolate a person. Not, not anybody else, because the other people don't matter. But if you yourself say, hey, I identify with this person through whatever's going on, and I've isolated this person, whether it's a contest or something that definitely touches them, you have a higher chance of converting them to a fan because they have things that are gonna literally make you think about that person, right? We all know the more people that you that you organically reach, they stay around. Buying numbers literally are butts. They don't exist. They can't comment. They can't even once you do it one time, they're not liking anything else because they weren't there to begin with. So you're buying it for one time. You get you get a song that's gonna have all of these views and all of these likes, but all of the other things on your profile is at one thousand. 
they're going to sit and they're going to know. This is how Doc's office catches you guys. They're like, hey, this whole profile isn't 500,000. It's 1,000. So what is he actually doing? I guarantee he bought those views. I know one way to boost engagement. I know just to kind of dumb it down would be you got to figure out your message and figure out what niche it hits. Not just be relatable, but how you said be human. You want to let them know, hey, you know what? We might be on two different life paths, but at the end of the day, we eat, sleep, and shit the same way. You know what I mean? Being a human being, I feel like that goes above and beyond and helping your community than, you know, making money and banging the same Instagram model that every other one, everybody else is banging. You know what I mean? So with that, we're going to move on to segment seven. We answered two questions. We're going to go on to seven degrees of separation. Tony, God damn it. Fuck. Brand new to you, Tony. Just in case we haven't drank enough tonight or had enough shots, this Tony, is the spot ready. where we fuck shit up and change that in a damn hurry. We had this Twisted Critics are now Spotify playlist curators, so we'll use this game each episode to test our music knowledge, memory, and fast wits. A theory proposed in 1929 and resurrected by the movie industry in the early 90s. There was a joke concept that even actors or actresses was somehow related to and or linked through movie roles to Kevin Bacon by seven connectless. We mutually are crazy enough to test that same theory with urban music. This is a rapid fire 10 second limit to give an answer. Obviously no cheating or using Google. Worst of all, Tony's in the third seat today with AM and Doc. So I have no control <laughs> drinking or not. You know, what's going on guys? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right, Tony, you re you ready for this? No, no, but I'm gonna try anyway. <laughs> so hopefully, me me and AM will try to bring it back yeah. to some of our old school artists, but we'll see what AM no. does with this first. No, I can't go. I can't go old with Daniel Caesar. Her <laughs> best part. Are we using Daniel Caesar or Giveon? Yes. It, well, it's it? Justin Bieber, Giveon, or Daniel Caesar. It's all up to AM. So whatever all, AM all throws three. me. I got 10 or 11 seconds to figure out what to connect for Tony. Uh, so again, any song, I literally hear the song from Daniel Caesar and her, Caesar and her, best part. So best part is the record you got? Yep. All right, so I got her featuring, uh, I don't know, let's see. I got her featuring, uh, Sweetie featuring her on the song Closer. That's the type of record I'm looking for. Damn. Come on, Tony. <sighs> <laughs> Let's all pour a shot. In terms of a in terms, and then I have everything now. See, that's Tony, how that Tony, shit Tony, I blame this one on AM. That's what I That's do. me. That is me. <laughs> From Justin, I would put us back in urban. All right, so hold on. We're gonna go to her since I connected to her. Her has done a record, let's see, with Chris Brown featuring her on closure. Can you connect anyone with Chris Brown, Tony? Um, Rihanna. What's the name of the record? You got it. <laughs> I don't know the name of the record. Oh, that means we're taking another shot. Oh. So Chris Brown and Rihanna did a record together called, they did a few records together. Nobody's Business. Chris Brown and Rihanna. What was that, Chris Brown and Rihanna? Chris Brown and Rihanna. We're going to write that down because that's got to actually be out of the sheet. And then 
Who is it? My turn or your turn? To, uh, it's my turn. I'm gonna fuck up again because I ain't got. I, I'm grabbing Rihanna. Yo 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 yo. Am look at me. Look at me. Huh? Wait. Rihanna, Jay Z, run the town. Run this town. town. Run this town. <laughs> see, see, look, and I hear it. Yeah, all right. We're gonna go with. We're gonna go with run this town. So I was gonna say Kanye West, and I was gonna have the wrong artist. Let's see. You got Rihanna and Jay Z. We're gonna go run this town. We're gonna connect Rihanna with Jeezy, Young Jeezy, on hard. Smart, Tony should get a Jeezy song. You got this, Tony. You got this, Tony. Hey, Candy, you taking a shot for each of these with us, right? Sadly, Jeezy and Jay Z. Let's go. What's, What's the song? name of the record? Go crazy. Go crazy. Yes. Go! All right, so we're done. We're done. Y'all only have to. I mean, I'm gonna say it just to say it, but Jay Z, Jay Z, Eminem, Renegade, easy. Let's go. Easy, easy. So we connected that. So let's actually fix all that. Uh, we'll do that after the show. You type, you type it in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got you. We got you locked in. So, all right, Candy, Candy, lead us out of that bullshit because I feel like I took three shots <laughs> very quickly. Man, that's crazy. I, I, I don't even want to be a part of this game. I'm going to start studying up, studying my hip hop collabs because I feel like you guys are going to be assholes. Just kill me every every episode. Yes. <laughs> All right, Tony, AM, Candy, and I hope from the bottom of our hearts we had a good time, maybe learned something out of this. This particular episode was important, at least to me, and hopefully for them too as well, that I wanted you all to get to know each other and you pass the torch to these two fools that I call my friends. We also want to give you your major props from joining us, tapping in to talk with us, what you do, and obviously all the cool things that you're about to do and personally get involved with business-wise. We appreciate your insights, your stories, your dirt on Doc, and obviously drinking <laughs> with us, you know? If you like, feel free to, to use this spot to big up yourself, your biz, and plug all your, your sites and social media. And let us know what you got coming up very soon. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you guys for even having me on. Very appreciative of that. Um, it means a lot to me just as much as it means a lot to you guys. So thank you a lot. And, and shout out to you guys for getting that whole partnership with Spotify. That's that's a big thing. I'm glad yes, I was sir. part of the, the uh, foundation. You know, this is the, the first seed in the soil to, 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 to grow this humongous tree that's going to be Twisted Critics. Social media, everybody can follow me. I got two accounts, personal account. TG914 underscore. And I got my brand account, which is Life of Ango. That's L-I-F-E-O-F-A-N-G-O. -E yes, sir. Um, I got my book self-published on Amazon called Rediscover Yourself. So if anybody want to check that out, got the digital book, got the audio book version coming very soon, and the physical book coming very soon. Let's go. Hey, and the um, physical book is available because me and Gene are buying that, and I need a signed copy for the wall. Tell them again. Yeah, whatever you want, man. Whatever you want. And um, that's that's pretty much it. I got other things that's going on. I just I just can't say yet, and you know NDAs and all that stuff. But um, mm -hmm. definitely life life changing, and I'm very excited for that. And I'm hoping I could be an inspiration to other people to uh, follow their dreams, find your niche in life, and um, you never know where it could take you, you know? And yes, definitely, I said it before and I say it again, I'm, I'm passing the torch over to you, Candy, 
to you, AM. Yes, and, sir. Uh, nice to live me, man. I want you guys to uh, live out your dreams through, through this podcast and uh, see how far you guys could take it. Thank you, man. We appreciate that. Yeah. I love, look, I love that the first time you said it. Uh, I appreciate it. Having your blessing means a big thing for me since since I'm, I'm basically, co I'm basically, I am co-host. So I'm, I'm literally taking over your big ass boots. So I, I appreciate your direct passing of the torch and I promise I ain't going to drop it. I'm not going to say copy that. We'll be on the lookout for everything that you just said. I think I want a physical copy too that you're going to sign because I, I need that. I need that. Once my studio gets... Y'all can't see it, but once it gets better than this, I need to have a bookcase in here. So I would love for your, your book to be the first book I get in here with your signature in there. Don't be a stranger. The entire time we were having these conversations, I kind of wanted you back on here um, because I've enjoyed myself the entire time. This is my first time actually like getting, I've heard about you for a long time, but actually getting to know you. Um, and even when we had that the call the other day, I was quiet. I was like, all right, how, how are me you going to interact? I've enjoyed the interaction. Um, a lot and, and it was fun it was definitely fun we lacked a whole lot we are twisted critic and we are hear my voice uh all of us are family members i know i'm down to share blast and support everything that you do um and <laughs> every week we're gonna fucking die no matter what uh when we do the seven degrees of death uh it went smooth i don't care i don't care if we took three shots two of those were mine but all things must come to an end doc Candy, it's been fun. I can't wait till the next one. Learned a lot. I drank too much. I, I drank too much, and I personally can't wait till episode number dos. two. To the four of us, the co-host, A.N., Doc, myself for my director skills, and, of course, the honorary guest, Tony Ontario. I'm happy we made this show reality, finally, and hopefully uh, we're making you proud. And I'll, I want to raise one last toast for a successful episode number what one. What the fuck? God oh, damn it. God damn it, you're making me drink <laughs> My eyes are closed. Look at my eyes. One more. Doc, Thanks. I'm going to hit your phone after this, Doc. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Go ahead, Candy. I don't mind. Candy got me fucked up. But uh, just to re-speak re on what I said, I'm excited for all the guests, the statistics we're going to get. Uh, the nonsense, obviously, in the near future. And before we get out here, me, AM, and Doc, um, our socials, uh, our sites, and we're going to tell you what we're going to do on our plate for next week. But before that, uh, let's go ahead and take our celebratory end of the day shot. I just took the shot. <laughs> oh, sure. Look, I got, I'm about to say, Candy, got a, Candy, you talking. It's cool. Go ahead and catch up. Salud. 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 We need Tony Salud. fucked up, too. <laughs> look, here. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling it, baby. I'm feeling it. This, this bottle is 95% gone. So, look at this. Look at oh this. Look at this. I literally drank half a bottle of whiskey, by the way. Back oh, my, my entire cranberry chaser is gone. But I, I guess I'll be first. Um, man, I don't even know. I'm going to try to freaking sweat this uh, his alcohol out because, <laughs> god damn. But uh, I know coming up this couple, next couple of weeks, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, uh, I'm taking a couple of classes with a couple like my entrepreneur uh, on entrepreneurship and leadership. So I'm excited about that to me, like-minded individuals. Um, hopefully I got a couple local guys so I can go ahead and work with them, but we'll see what's going on. And um, besides that, you know, I don't know. We'll see where where the next couple of weeks take me. You guys are doing good work, man. Y'all keep it up. That's what's up. So AM, you got anyone out there hey. with us? Man, whole time. Yeah. 
Yo, rapperhandrapperhand.com. GDGM is the gang. Hey, my voice entertainment is the movement. I'm doing my motherfucking shit I do before I start rapping. My son just dropped my mic just now. Me and him are going to make some beats, like, right when I'm done. Because he is one of my little producers. He comes in and we make beats. I have a couple of projects that I'm working on. I'm not naming none of these shits because I don't feel like it. Yo, AM, 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 AM. Can't hear nothing. (laughs) What the fuck? Can y'all hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can't hear nothing. Can't hear nothing. Not yet. Tell me when you can hear me. We 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 crushing our own crew even. Doc, I'm gonna be working on the roots joint like like tonight, tomorrow. And I'm gonna keep saying this. Ray, my brother that produces what we got so fucking mad. He's like, I'm gonna make you a shirt because you keep saying after August. After August, my son is in actual school. I'm not shelling out four hundred dollars a fucking week for daycare anymore. I'm about to be a fucking human again. We're doing 160 for karate because my son need my son need discipline and he's doing taekwondo. But all that, y'all about to see who I used to be and the newer me, like Tony said. For me, I'm Doc J, the Mike Medic. Hear my voice, Entertainment. I just want Candy, Raul, AM, Cynic. I want everyone to advance farther than they are. I just got back from vacation. I'm kind of suntan from Sarasota, Florida. I want to help people get on the radio. That's my whole point of this. I want artists, rappers. MCs, people with lyrics to get on the radio. That's all I'm about. Whether it's, you know, you tagging with these mainstream cats or not, I don't give a fuck. Um, I want to see AM get a platinum plaque. I want to see Candy promote that platinum plaque. And I want to see all all of us blow up. That's the whole point of this. I just want to see us all give props to each other and all of us blow up and all of us make money together. That's the whole point with me. And I'll be back at the courthouse tomorrow, and I'll be worrying about radio tomorrow. But I don't give a fuck about radio right now. <laughs> also forgot to say, also forgot to say, lifeofango.com website. I had to let's go. I had to uh, bring it back up. You know, I'm I'm a self-taught web designer because you know if you can't do it, you know, can't get someone to do it for you. You got to learn to do it yourself. So it's another skill that Damn. I added to my right. skill set. So lifeofango.com should be up by later this month. And just, just in case, because I know I didn't uh, explain it, but Ango, A-N-G-O, is A-N for Antonio, G-O for Gonzalez. No, I said I figured it out like today. Oh, shit. The life of Ango. <laughs> like I saw the A-N-G-O, right? I was like, he took 2-2. Two, two. That's literally what I said. He took 2-2. Two, two. I, didn't, I didn't realize that until today. I, I, I've always thought, what the fuck is Ango? And then I seen... So with that being said, we're going to tap out. We love you listeners. We love you fans. We love you labels. We love you distributors. But we're going to tap out. We've had enough to drink. Tony, stick around. We're going to take a couple of uh, drops. drops. I've got got my back. I'm I'm intoxicated right now. (laughs) I asked this question earlier to see exactly how how lit you would get. And you're, you're right there. But I'm, I'm right there, too, so I don't... We're going to get these done. Come on, guys. We're going to get these right done. Right before we close out, I just want to say also shout-out to our listeners. Shout-out to Spotify. Um, thank you, uh, Antonio. I appreciate it. And uh, I just want to say everybody who's listening from Brownsville or from the Valley, I hope you guys continue to push this out and uh, keep supporting us. 